Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis, where it's 7 o'clock. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke, you appeared to be thrilled and uh, entranced by my good. That was really good. Good morning. Oh, I could do a goal for a long time. I can do uh, Andres Cantor goal. I can do it for a long time. Danny Mack is here. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great. When did you start doing the long good morning thing? When we when they started doing mornings. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was listening all the time. Started. I can't believe I missed it. Yeah. Well, it starts at 7 o'clock yep. pretty much every day. Yep. Uh, it's good to have Brooke. It's good to have Danny. It's good to have Matthew. Uh, I am Randy and... Uh, did I say that the time check's brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers? You did. You rolled uh, the tongue. Oh, I rolled the tongue. Yeah, yep. an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Here's what we, co- what we got coming up on this program today. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about the Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals uh, pitchers and catchers are showing up today. I don't know if you're aware of that, but they're the baseball season. Football season ended on Sunday. Baseball season basically starts on Tuesday. I wish that John Brepio was here because you guys remember that one spring training when it was on Valentine's Day and he created Burdentine's Day. Yes. And he got a bunch of roses and handed them out to the players, but also to the fans that were outside the complex. Yeah. He, he's great. Where did he land? White Sox, I think? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. He was in San Francisco. He yeah. was doing things for Gabe Kapler. Like, he would be a spot starter. He'd right. come in in all different times out of the bullpen. I, I do think though he signed with the White Sox. Yeah, so he, yeah. Is, a, he is a White Sox. We we miss Brebs. Anyway, we're going to talk uh, a lot of Cardinal baseball. We're going to talk uh, some NFL on the heels of Super Bowl 58. We're going to talk to John Kelly. Blues at Toronto tonight. Uh, Toronto's always a good place to visit and the Blues have had a tremendous amount of success uh, the last few years in Toronto. Free game at 5 here on 101 ESPN. The action comes your way at 6. Dan, were you in Toronto in 2000 when the Blues had the 5 nothing deficit and no. came back? I was doing intermissions on radio and listening as I think it was Dan Kelly Jr. during the uh, doing the games at that time with Bernie and <clears throat> it was it was remarkable. It was. Jeff Cortnall plowing into the goalie and mm-hmm. uh, the rest is history. Do you remember anything untoward ever happening while you were doing intermissions while you were doing blues hockey from uh, the studio? Uh, not from the studio, but when I was doing television, Mark Bergevin did an entire interview with me in Fletch mode. I would ask him a real question, and he's like, Dan, it's uh, all ball bearings this day, these days in terms of the power play. And I was like, I just kept going with it, and he just kept doing Fletch. Do you remember uh, back at KMOX? He was was hilarious. He was was a great character. Yeah, he he was really good. Do you remember back at KMOX when they used to make us wear our pagers 24-7? Yeah. I never answered it, and a certain person really got upset with me. So Dan, you can we, probably figure it out. They they told us to keep our our uh, our pagers on the little pagers, you know, yeah. little boxes, and they were loud. Yep. <laughs> so Dan's doing an intermission one time, and I called the pager right in the middle of it. Multiple <laughs> times she did it. I did. Randy. Yeah. I had to take it outside the uh, the booth. We went to break. I said, "This is St. Louis Blues hockey," and the next thing you knew, I was out of the booth. And Bob Hamilton, who was doing news, was like, where is he going? He was he was not nervous. The guy never got nervous. But he's like, what is Dan doing? Where is he going? I just had to get rid of the pager. That was such a Richard. 
<laughs> did you just toss it away, Dan? Where I you're did. like, all right, that's yeah. enough of this pager. Took yeah. it back to the uh, the sports yeah. office and left it there. And Brooke, we used to have prior to <laughs> cell phones. We had the red phone, and if the red phone mm-hmm. rang at the sports office, this is how long ago that Randy and I go back, and I guess we're old, but the bat phone, the red phone was the phone. So yeah. if they called you on the red phone, you had to answer. Could be Jack Buck, might be Mike Shannon, could be somebody with an interview that they literally would do on a hardline phone and say, you know, what did you think of the game tonight? And then you'd put the phone up to the person to answer, like mm-hmm. a microphone. Yeah. It was old school, man. It was. Yeah. So one night, uh, the Blues had a a radio play-by-play guy who wasn't perfect with his descriptions of games or his identification of players. And this must have been mid-90s. Was it Fuhrer that was between the pipes? Grant Fuhrer. And so, yeah, late (laughs) mid to late 90s. Glenn Hall played in 1970 for the Blues. The Blues are playing a game in Pittsburgh. (laughs) (laughs) This is terrible. Oh, no. (laughs) And the play-by-play guy says, the Blues play-by-play guy says, and the save is made by Glenn Hall. (laughs) And the next thing you knew, who called each other? The the red phone rings, and I pick it up (laughs) because we were supposed to pull highlights from the game, and I said, I already got it, big boy. (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, out of left field for sure. Glenn Hall is making a hell of a comeback. Uh, something. Uh, Would you guys go back yeah. and now and try to use all those different things that you had to use for the broadcast? Oh, we would have no chance, would we? No. No. Uh, using real tape to edit tape? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we had eight razor blades. I don't even know if you can buy those razor blades anymore. You had small razor blades, and you had a little little insertion that you could fit the uh, razor blade mm-hmm. in, and then you'd have to take tape and literally tape the reel-to-reel what would you call that? The actual reel-to-reel, the the was, the, 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 stuff the tape, I, yeah. yeah. Was, so, was, but I mean, the tape, tape, the recording tape, and then you had like editing tape, editing tape. Yeah. So, yeah, you just taped it together and hoped that you got it right. And if not, you'd have to take off the tape and redo it again. Yeah, it I bet something. you guys could still do it to this day. If if you got oh, yeah. thrown back into it, it, you could do it. It'd take a long time, Brooke. A long. No, time. it wouldn't. We'd be well, fine. I'm telling you, you'd be fine. We'd be right back, hopping on the saddle and going. 1985, our executive producer, right after the Cardinals win the NL pennant, our executive producer, Rob Silverstein, calls me up on that red phone. And Rob was a classic New Yorker. He's the executive producer of uh, Access Hollywood. It has been for many years. And he calls me up on the red phone and says, my man... We need a two-hour special tomorrow night at 6, and it's like 8 at night. We, we had just finished the, the game. He said, I need a two-hour special for tomorrow night. Jack will come in and voice it in the morning. So I pulled it all-nighter. And I never did that for school, but I did it for baseball. And so I had to, uh, literally a two-hour special that we were putting on the reel at 6.05 yep. to air at like 6.12. And then the second hour... The news ended at 7.10, and I was putting the second hour on the machine to, to air at 7.09. And you just hoped that yeah, you didn't that back up your, cha- your chair and hit the wrong button because yep. it would, oh. yeah. it would <laughs> stop the whole yeah. thing. And you're like, wait a minute, this isn't live. I remember right. uh, when we did a McGuire chase for, well, we didn't know it was 70, but mm-hmm. chase for the record, and I did a, a very sappy... Uh, I always like the sad music, mm-hmm. you know that. And so I did a very sappy feature on Dave McKay who threw batting practice and I gave it to Randy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what the hell is this? He didn't die. <laughs> yeah, but we ran it. Oh, and sure. It, it, it was a tearjerker. It sure was. A batting practice tearjerker. <laughs> it was great. It was uh, breaking news last night, if you did not hear, CBS Sports coverage of Super Bowl LVIII, which featured the Kansas City Chiefs 25-22 overtime victory over the San Francisco 49ers. 
if you aren't aware of aware of it already, this is an official release from the National Football League. Uh, it delivered the most watched telecast in history, in the history of television, of anything. Had more more viewers than any episode of The Jeffersons. It had more viewers than any episode of Law and Order. Even more viewers than any episode of MASH. Wow. Yeah. The final uh, MASH was huge. It was monstrous. Yeah. yeah. 123.4 million viewers average across all platforms. It included CBS Television, Paramount Plus, Nickelodeon, Univision, and CBS Sports and NFL Digital Properties, including NFL Plus. And by the way, we t- mentioned yesterday the Nickelodeon uh, presentation was sensational. Viewership figures based on Nielsen Fast National Data and... Uh, so the NFL continues after having 93 of the top 100 rated shows last year. They continue to dominate television, even on Sunday nights. It's not going. I like how you added even on Sunday nights. We got into the discussion again, Dan, yesterday oh, yeah? about Saturday for the Super Bowl. And can you guess where Randy was on this? Sunday nights. Yes, on Sunday night. And I lost that battle. Surprising, I know. So but... you were probably Saturday <laughs> or maybe even Monday? I was just saying Saturday. Yeah, because then, you know, college football does well on Saturdays. But, Randy, you won that battle. I asked Brooke, well, when does college football play their championship game? Mondays. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. But I'm with Brooke. I can I wish for something? Can I hope you for can something? Wish, yeah. Yes. I understand where you're coming from and it does make sense, Randall. It's all about the money. All the money. Yeah. And what else are you gonna do on a Sunday? You get ready for Super Bowl. I would like to give Brooke a chance though. I'm with her and say, what would happen if we did it just one time? On a Saturday. Now I have another idea. Okay. Uh, okay. Add another game to the schedule where already sixty QBs get hurt and play a nineteenth game and push it back to President's Day. Or, so not yes. so you'd have Sunday and then you have President's Day off. I love this, and I, we can even do another thing. Uh, Lincoln's birthday is, was Lincoln's birthday yesterday. We kind of figured this out. I thought President, it was Washington. Yeah, one of them. Oh. Because Washington's, Washington's birthday, is birthday technically is the 22nd because he was born on the 12th, but they use a different calendar, so it's actually the 22nd. So, oh, okay. You got me on a technicality. <laughs> and yet, we just learned this yesterday, Dan. That's why. George Washington was like a rescue dog. They yes. just make up his yes. birthday. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully that's not going to be a question later because that could get tricky. Yeah, it could. Yeah, he, had, he had multiple birthdays. So anyway, uh, most watched... Uh, event in history and one other quick note by the way the the most streamed event in history led by a record-setting audience on paramount plus and i believe peacock had set that record with their playoff game Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks before paramount plus beating it i just wish we had a a day off afterwards make it a national if you want to keep it on sunday which it will stay on sunday give the country a national day off and i bet you might even see higher ratings because some people have to work. Most people have to work and get up. And that game, let's say on the East Coast, ended at around 11-ish because mm-hmm. of OT. Wasn't it about 11? It's like locally it was around 10, 10.05 maybe or yeah. just shy of that. And so on the East Coast, not, to me that's a big problem of baseball. They start the, the playoff games so late. The young kids, the young fans, they fall asleep. Yeah. They can't watch. Right. The game should have been over by 8.45, right? Yes. But the overtime took it a little further. Okay, one question for you guys. The Giants have signed Jorge Soler, okay? He's a three-year deal. Yeah, three years, $42 million. Cody Bellinger is still out on the market, and the Giants were interested in him. I'm not 
seeing another team that would be interested in Cody Bellinger aside from the Cubs. I'm wondering if Scott Boris might be, and I always wonder this, and he never does. It's amazing. But you wonder in a situation like this if the Cubs are concerned about bidding against themselves because I don't see another bidder, and I wonder if Boris has maybe overplayed his Cody Bellinger hand here. I would love to know what Scott Boris is asking for because to me it makes sense for him to go to the Cubs and go back to the Mm -hmm. Cubs. It just makes a lot of sense. That's what I thought that was going to happen, and that's what we were waiting for. And I'm surprised that is now the 13th in February and we're still waiting for a landing spot for him. I don't know what the holdup is. I would say, too, if the logical place for him is Chicago, Mm -hmm. enjoying success there last year. And they need a left-handed bat in their lineup. I mean, Mm -hmm. they need a thumper, a left-handed bat. That's why I thought they'd go after Otani. I thought they would spend a ton of of Mm -hmm. money on Otani and try to get him there. But with the success that he's had and then the precipitous downfall that he had, I'm sure that some some organizations are trying to say, ah, we don't fully buy into what happened last year. And by the way, some of his numbers, if you look at it analytically, were not very good. And so right, that's right. that's what jumps off the pages for some organizations. Right. And college basketball last night, by the way, the Billikens and Mizzou don't play until this weekend. But college basketball last night, for all of you that are Kansas grads and Kansas fans, mm. rock, chalk, jay, <laughs> Eeyore does your cheers. But here's the thing, and I love you, KU people, love you. But your coach, Bill Self, got ejected last night, and your team lost to Texas Tech 79-50. to So it can happen to anybody. It can even happen to one of the best teams in the nation in KU. And Bill Self was ejected for the first time in his 21 seasons as the Jayhawks really? head coach. So not wow. only does he not have to suffer the consequences of the NCAA when he has five level one violations— Sorry, KU people, but he did. Uh, but he also has been ejected now for the first time in 20... 20- Maybe that's their make good. Maybe that's the NCAA's make good for not punishing him for his five level ones, just kicking him out of a game. Well, that's what I was going to say, is that he really didn't get punished for those five level no. ones. It got reduced to basically a slap on the hand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a misdemeanor. I, <laughs> I was very surprised. That's the first time that he's been ejected. 21 years at KU. 21 years. Isn't that amazing? That's wow. hard to believe. It is. Yeah. You know, that you know, mild mannered sort. The reputation of him must go because referees go into certain games and they know they're just going to get worn out by a coach. It's just, mm-hmm. it's well known throughout mm-hmm. NCAA, throughout the conference. We're going to get worn out tonight. And I wonder if his reputation, it's got to be, has been, he'll give us an earful, but you know what? For the most part, hey, it's a reasonable earful, and I can handle whatever he says and whatever comes at me. That's shocking that he hasn't been ejected. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'm, I'm just shocked. Do you remember, uh, and I know we got to get to a break, but 30 seconds, doing games and Barry Hinson stomping his foot? All the time. <laughs> All the time. And you could hear it throughout the arena. Yes. And he should have gotten into the NCAA tournament, I think it was in 06, and that was kind of the downfall for Missouri State and his yeah. time, uh, Barry Henson there. Absolutely. He was a very good coach. We're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Coming up with pitchers and catchers reporting today and the first workout tomorrow, what Cardinal player could force his way into an important role with a good spring training? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A couple of years ago, Andre Pallante surprised a lot of people by having a good spring and making the Cardinals opening day roster. And he is still on the roster now. Kyle McClellan did that. He kind of surprised people when he made the club in 2011. And uh, there are 
some good arms in Cardinal camp this year. Can we start with this, guys? Can we agree that there will not be a position player that surprises us to make the team like Albert Pujols did in 2001. Can we agree with that? Oh, no. Yeah, I think that that's very fair to yeah. say. Their, their starting nine is pretty well set. And, and their bench. And yeah, they're, they're, that group of players, that 13, is pretty well set. So, what pitcher do you see on the roster that intrigues you, that makes you think, okay, that's somebody that can make the club coming out of spring training? So, if my calculations are correct, there's going to be just one spot left in the bullpen for the Cardinals, right? I would think that that's correct, Brooke, okay. yes. I think that O'Brien is very intriguing for the Cardinals. Now, remember, he's the guy that they got in the trade with Tyler O'Neill. He has a really great fastball-slider combination. But if I'm being realistic and honest, guys, and just thinking, putting on my Cardinals thinking hat, it feels like Andre Pallante is going to get another chance and that he will be a factor in the bullpen. Don't you guys feel that way? I do. I think they'll give him every chance to make the club. Uh, he could be a left-handed complement to JoJo Romero. I have Helsley, Gallegos, Romero, Kittredge, Middleton as my guys that are solid. Mm-hmm. So that would leave three relievers or five relievers for my guys and six if it's the one that you just mentioned for three spots. John King, left-handed complement to Romero. Nick Robertson gives you durability. Ryan Fernandez is my guy. So he's Rule Mm -hmm. 5, and I don't know if that would be a surprise, but Rule 5, if he makes the club, he sticks with you all year, or you can uh, give him back to the club that originally had him. And the other guy that would stand out for me is Gordon Graceffo. Very Mm. good stuff and has a chance to maybe make this club. That's my guy because he's got strikeout stuff. The Cardinals liked him last year. They kind of thought that he would be battling for a rotation spot this year, but he didn't have a good year in the minors. But he has electric stuff. And he's a guy, if you go back to, and we always use the Adam Wainwright example because it's a really good one, of spending a year in the bullpen and preparing to be a starter for next year. And we know that after this year, both Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson have options. So the Cardinals can not have them on their roster next year if they choose not to. I could see Graceffo being put in a position to be in the bullpen this year and prepare himself to be in the rotation for next year. I think that's the one guy, because of his stuff, because of his velo, because of what they think of him, has a good chance to make his way out of spring training. And I think that I was surprised. I was expecting to see him or Michael McGreevy, but correct me if I'm wrong, Graceffo was dealing with some injuries last season, and that seemed to have hampered him. Yeah, Yeah, he battled that. I, I go back to... Options as well, meaning options for the minor leagues. Libertor still has an option. King mm-hmm. still has an option. So when you have options, sometimes you may have the best camp and not necessarily make the team because you have to have depth in your rotation, which means you go to the minor leagues. And here's another quick note about Palante, because the Cardinals have envisioned him in the past as a starter, as a starter in the minors, mm-hmm. but Tacoa Roby has pitched in 43 games in minor league baseball, 42 starts. He's going to be starting at Memphis. Libertor is probably going to be starting at Memphis. McGreevy will start probably be starting at Memphis. C.D. Rom, what's his real name? Drew Rom. Drew Rom, there you go. <laughs> uh, and then maybe Tink Hentz, because it appears they want to give Hentz an opportunity to start. I don't know if he's at Springfield or Memphis, but it seems like that Memphis rotation is going to be overloaded with people that they think have a chance to be good major league pitchers. The other thing, too, you better hedge your bets if you learned anything from last year. Rotation, outside of like the 2004 Cardinals, which we've talked about, and guys taking the ball every fifth day with the exception of Dan Heron coming in at mm-hmm. a doubleheader, 
you've got to really have probably a seven-man rotation. Guys need to make spot starts, and especially with the age of the rotation, it's not the worst thing to give a guy maybe a downtime off a rotation turn. It's not ideal, but it's something that is in the back of my mind. So really, you're looking at a seven or eight man rotation with three of those being in the minor leagues. And I understand mm-hmm. the concern with Palante because what did we see last season with Palante? Nine of the 24 games he allowed runs in were multi-run affairs. And I feel like we can all remember, you can envision those moments when that happened, where he came to the game and it felt like things just really got out of hand. But I think with Palante, what do the Cardinals like, especially in their bullpen with guys like him. They like that he can fill multiple roles and he has showcased that he can be able to do that. And he's been making changes to his arsenal. I don't know, I don't know if you guys have seen some of the yeah. videos come out this offseason where he's looking to produce more strikeouts. Of course, he's still going to be a ground ball pitcher, but I see him possibly working his way back into the bullpen because of his flexibility. Out of Jojo Romero, you have lefties that are there, but he is a guy that can get lefties out when he's right and so that's something Mm -hmm. else to consider that could be your other pseudo lefty that you have in the pen right and that's a a good way to look at it because those reverse splits are are huge and the cardinals definitely look at those by the way it seems you mentioned the name riley o'brien brook and he's he doesn't have a a great major league history yet but it's barely a history Mm -hmm. it's not a sample size we're talking about but last year 55 innings, 86 strikeouts in the minors. Now, will that translate to the majors? I don't know, but that's what the Cardinals have spent their offseason looking for, is that strikeout stuff coming out of the bullpen. And O'Brien, at least at the minor league level, appears to have figured that that part of it out. That's why I think that he will be an intriguing option and somebody that I am definitely watching during spring training. And look, I know that we're talking about pitchers right now, but we got a text in from the 314. DC, he seems to be the forgotten man. Now, what about the other guys who are kind of needing a big spring training to really push them forward, like Dylan Carlson and even an Alec Burleson. I don't think there's a competition there, unfortunately. I think I the, would agree. I, I think the, the outfield is Newt Barr, Edmund, Walker, and I think those guys are ba- basically battling for at-bats behind those starting three. And the infield, we know, is set because Donovan's going to play, and then you're going to have Arnauto win and, and Goldie. They aren't going anywhere. So I think what's happening with the bench guys is they're battling for at-bats when what I think will be a pretty regular lineup when those guys get days off. I think it's important that Mason Wynn has a good spring training. Doesn't have to be great, but a good spring training. I don't worry about his defense, but offensively, and they're going to give him every chance Mm -hmm. when the regular season starts to get on track, even if he doesn't have a good spring training. But just for confidence-wise, I think it's important that he has a good spring training. Yeah, I, I do too. And he has the ability. It's just a matter of building that confidence. Exactly. And if he does, he can be great. With Alec Burleson, though, do you guys see him with them bringing in Matt Carpenter? Is that his competition? Or how does Alec Burleson fit into this situation? Because I do think he's still an intriguing option. And John Denton had a great article coming out recently where he talked about Alec Burleson and the harsh conversation they had with him going into this offseason about what they want. And they said they want him to be better in the outfield. I think they like him enough that he's got the teammate. I think it's four-man bench with Herrera, Carpenter, Burleson, and uh, and Dylan Carlson. I, th- I think that's it. You got your starting nine with uh, obviously Gorman being the designated hitter. I think it's those four. And when I look at Burleson, I- I've talked to some people down with the Cardinals. There are some that believe he can really be a uh, an outstanding offensive player. So if you yeah. can get him some at-bats, get him some starts, you get Goldie off his feet, put Burleson at first, 
You can also get in some spot starts in the outfield. Somebody needs a day off, someone's struggling, depending on the matchup on the mound. Guy can hit. Mm-hmm. He hit in the minor leagues, and there's some in the organization that think he could be not elite, but a very good major league hitter. One other note, going back to the bullpen, uh, Dwayne Stats was inducted last night into the, into the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. He's from Southern Illinois, spent time doing the Cubs before he was one of the original broadcasters for the Rays, and his broadcast Andrew Kittredge's entire career. And I, I asked Dwayne Stats about him. He said, you're going to love him. And he brings exactly what I talked about all offseason, that veteran presence that'll help young players along. He loves doing it. He's 34. He's got his stuff back. Uh, Dwayne said that he looked really good coming back last year. So I think the Cardinals have something in Kittredge in terms of both what he brings physically and what he brings mentally and emotionally to the ball club. He was exactly the missing piece that we were talking about going in. Because remember, mm-hmm. you had said they need another veteran, a guy who has more of that major league experience and somebody who's been battle-tested in that bullpen, and he just fits that missing piece that they needed in there. Middleton as well. Yeah. Yes. This guy will be this team's Russ Springer. Yeah. I I think he can be more than that. I think he can be a better pitcher. (laughs) Russ is pretty good at (laughs) times. He was good. Um, But maybe even as the season goes on, more defined roles. It's going to be interesting, like in the first, let's just say, uh, Dodger series of how roles are defined. Mm-hmm. You know, where's Middleton? Where is a Kittredge? Because those are two eighth inning guys. Does mm-hmm. Gallegos get a shot at the eighth inning again, even though he was struggling at uh, times last year? These are all options that you have. And I know, Randy, you're fired up about Giovanni Gallegos in that eighth inning. <laughs> you said no. Yeah. If you can't see on YouTube, he was mouthing no, as Dan was saying was that. Mouthing, no! <laughs> Bullpens are hard to predict. They are. Yes. Hard to predict. No doubt about it. Spring training starting today down in Jupiter, Florida. Coming up, we know Patrick Mahomes is the face of the NFL. And in basketball, it's LeBron James. But who is the face of baseball as spring training gets underway? That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Hackman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed you can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Okay, it's Brooke, it's Dan, it's Randy, it's the face of baseball starting the 2024 campaign. All right, guys, uh, who's your face of baseball right now? Brooke, who do you got? Oh, for me, this is easy and obvious. Okay. It's going to be Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani, interesting. Shohei, I know. Are you shocked? Shocked. So that it's Shohei Otani. Okay. 
it might be crazy, I know, because he just signed, I mean, a $700 million deal uh-huh. that now he's the face of baseball, but he was already becoming the face of baseball, not just here in the United States, but internationally, the reach that he has brought in, especially from Asian markets, is huge. And the way that he has just completely changed the game, to see a special player like him, a two-way player like him, is incredible to see. And I thought this was interesting. NBC News, they had this on the Otani effect. More people bought tickets to Angels games, home and away, when Shohei Otani was pitching. In 2023, that bump represented more than 3,000 tickets per game on average, a 10% increase. That's impressive. Daniel, who you got? Uh, I think Shohei Otani, and he could be a huge selling point for overseas markets, like Brooks said. Here's the one thing, though. In the Anaheim Angels, L.A. Angels, He didn't have to speak to the media Mm -hmm. except like once a week. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that would be beneficial for him and for the league is that if we knew more about him personally, like I I know what he does on the field. I know he's a great baseball player. He's a freak. He can pitch. He could probably win a Cy Young. He's won MVPs, hits a bunch of home runs. But do you really know anything about him? No, we don't. And I don't think he wants us to know. He didn't even want us to know his dog's name. His dog's name, Decoy. Now Decoy. I know a lot about him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now, I don't disagree with your your thought process, the foundation of what you're talking about. But let's put together a scenario, okay? Schnooks de pair. You walk in, and there's a section there. Right, you walk in, and there's a produce section, okay? And you've got oranges and apples. And standing next to the oranges, looking at oranges, is Shohei Otani. Standing next to the apples, picking up apples, is Bryce Harper. Who gets surrounded more quickly for autographs and is recognized more quickly, Otani or Harper? I think personally it would be Otani. Really? And that's I think it would be Harper personally. by a mile. I love Harper. I think he's great. And he's in a media market that you do know more about him. And uh, I think both would be recognized, to be honest with you. he's been on a big stage. He's been in the World Series. I I know that, but I think when you talk about Otani signing for $700 million and more fans, because of that contract, are Googling who is this guy Mm -hmm. that you find out more about Shohei Otani. But I think right now, Harper is a more recognizable face of baseball than Shohei Otani is. I think Aaron Judge is more recognizable right now than Shohei Otani is. You think it changes by playing for the Dodgers? Yeah, I think it by does. midseason it could all change. But I'm talking about as we enter to the 2024 season. I, I think Harper and Judge are the two, and I think Otani is lagging behind. Not that he's not a face and won't be the face of baseball, but I, I think other players are, especially if, if you see 6'8 Aaron Judge out and about walking the streets of St. Louis, you can say, hey, there's Aaron Judge. You see, Otani is 6'5, tall guy. I was going to say he's yeah, tall he, as well. He, he's, he's a tall guy. But I just I think those other guys are more recognizable as a face of the sport. For if you're walking down the street, we, we we talked about football, and Mahomes is walking down, and then right behind him, Justin Herbert is walking down. I think Mahomes is much more recognizable as a face of his sport. I think that Shohei Otani is more recognizable just because of his international reach as well. Now, say that you plop Aaron Judge over in Japan or Korea, somewhere else like mm-hmm. that. Are they going to recognize Aaron Judge immediately or know who he is? Or if you put Shohei Otani back in Japan, I mean, he is just absolutely yeah. swarmed. I remember, remember we talked to Lars Newbar about especially Japanese media. You guys have seen it. Mm-hmm. You guys have seen it's next level. We think that we do a lot here, but media wise there, it is an absolute circus. Lars Newbar had mentioned that when he was in Japan for the World Baseball Classic, mm-hmm. that he thought, oh, I can just go out of my hotel and get a snack. And then when he went out of his hotel, he was swarmed by people who recognized 
recognize him and already uh-huh. knew who he was. So imagine the magnitude that is for Shohei Otani. So you have that international reach for Shohei. And by the way, he is working on his English. I don't know if you guys saw that when he accepted the AL MVP award, he actually accepted it in English. So he is working on that. But I do understand, too, from obviously kind of a cultural difference mm-hmm. that he's a little bit more reserved and quiet because of that big media reach that he has. From a father of a 12U high-level high baseball player, you're wrong, Randy. These kids all know Otani and see him as the guy in baseball. Well, that's good for Bryce Harper that he can walk around and be unfettered. I don't think that that's the point that's being made here, Randy, oh. that um, <laughs> he's not going to be unfettered. But I would say because of what Brooke brought up, the internet, you want the face of baseball, we're talking now global. Right. Yes. Globally, yeah. he is the face of baseball. Right. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt, but this is an American sport. Sure, if you send him overseas, everybody's going to know that Chohei Otani in Japan is going to be highly recognizable. And on a global scale, there's... No doubt about it that that he's the guy. But in America, where Major League Baseball is based and exists, I think right now, and with all due respect to the high-level 12U baseball players, uh, I think that uh, most people would recognize uh, Harper than Otani. Are you beefing with 12U baseball players? Uh, yeah, now? totally. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't agree. I think I think uh, Otani would be the guy. I agree. We, we, we got a text earlier that, that said pretty much he's either Otani or Judge. I have a quick question: Was was McGuire the, the fa- a, a face or the face he of was baseball? The 98? face of baseball. Okay, then how the heck does a New York Yankee who sets a home run record? How is it not like? Number one with a bullet. Like, how is Aaron Judge not the easiest? Because it had been done before. Did baseball fumble it? It it had been done before. I mean, we went through the McGuire-Sosa thing, and I think some people were worn out by it. And the chase in 98 was different than the chase of Judge. More people were watching on the East Coast or the Yankees because they're Yankee fans. And I I think people were worn out with McGuire and Sosa. And... What Otani was doing at the same time had never been done before. Right. He was pitching and hitting, so there was actually competition for what Aaron Judge was trying to accomplish. Now, there. the Judge thing is huge, He's absolutely huge. huge, but we went through McGuire, and yeah, he was a face of baseball in 98, but so was Sosa. I yeah. mean, the chase of those two guys, where they were going back and forth down the stretch in the home run race, they both were the face of, of baseball. The thing was with Mark, he, he was just Bunyan-esque. He, he was a mythic figure yeah. because of his size. He was huge. Now, yeah. Randy, another counterpoint here. Who is the face of the NHL? Connor McDavid. Yeah, but how many people would recognize him? I guess in Canada But I'm they would. saying if it's because he's more reserved. Is Connor McDavid the most outspoken, biggest personality? I know that he's actually gotten a little bit better in his interviews, but he's not the most boastful personality. Who's the face of MLS currently? Messi. Messi. He's not he's not even showing up to certain big events. But he's on right commercials. Now. He's 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 recognized. But is he speaking? He, he's on that a Super much. Bowl. You don't have to speak. How many? So how many then com- Shohei Otani doesn't have to speak. I, as I much then. No, I don't. I never said that. I don't, no, he doesn't have to speak at all. How many commercials has Serena Williams done where she's never said a word? Yeah. You, you don't have to speak to be in commercials. I think it helps not yeah, to be in a commercial, but to understand who the player is. If you're asking about the face of the franchise or the face of baseball. I, I want to know more about Joey yeah. Otani. Like, how yeah. did you become a two-way player? Mm-hmm. What's your background like? What's it like being home? What do you think of being in the United States? What's the competition like between this and being at home? Mm-hmm. I want to know those things. But I, I don't disagree with that. But for baseball to market itself, all he needs to have is his face. Mm-hmm. The other thing about hockey, you have masks 
for yeah. some guys and the face, you know, the face guard and you don't see them. It's like football too. You don't <laughs> guys, see them. I think the face of hockey right now is Wayne Gretzky still. Who who's showing up on That's Super Bowl true. commercials? Yeah. Yeah. The greatest yeah. player ever. Yeah. And a recognizable face. You recognize him immediately. I also love him on broadcast. He's such a yeah. great speaker and I just love the way that he breaks things down, but I agree with you. I think what Wayne Gretzky is still is. But then Sidney Crosby, we just got that text in and OV as well. You can recognize them. They're the best players. They're Red the, Hall was really the face of a lot he, of things, he too. Was, right. He was on uh, Saturday Night Live. He was scoring goals. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. People were paying attention mm-hmm. to him getting to 86. He's on Letterman. Yeah. I mean, didn't he do a top 10 for Letterman? Yeah. 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 He was the face of hockey, I think, at that time. And incredibly recognizable. And uh, hockey has changed a lot, but I don't see Sidney Crosby being in that same echelon as Gretzky or Hall were in the 90s. Gretzky's on-ice performance, I think, usurps anybody, obviously, Mm -hmm. but also they won championships. Sidney Crosby is so guarded in a lot of ways that that's the other thing. If Mm -hmm. you're not guarded and you kind of let people in, which is tough to do in this day and age of social media, I think you get more of a look and maybe become more recognizable. And by the way, if we were going to do a top 10 of sports, I'll bet you at least eight of them are NBA players. Probably right. Because you can recognize them immediately when you're talking about the helmets, all that stuff. For Sidney Crosby, he's so guarded, but I love that we have Joey at least to tell us some of the stories because (laughs) then you get to learn some more of those little quirks he has and personality and stories. It's great. That's Brooke. That's Dan. I'm Randy. Coming up, it's Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho! (laughs) Yo-ho. The one of the day. T.O.L.E. next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? We'll put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com. And start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho! Guys, uh, with all the joy and excitement of the Super Bowl, we missed out on a tragic, sad story on Sunday. Marcus Jordan and Larsa Pippen have apparently called it quits. Larsa taking all of her pictures of Marcus off of her Insta. Marcus doing the same thing, deleting all of his pictures of Larsa off of his Insta. Take it or leave it, they did it on purpose on Sunday to avoid breaking America's hearts. Oh, so it could get buried? It's get oh, over- that's overshadowed a great a little PR bit. move. Yeah. I'm going to have to take that. How sad are you, Randy? I'm crushed. I, I'm, uh, I, I can't believe... You've been talking about this for three years. Well, this is... <laughs> Like the epic romance. I mean, uh, Swifty and Kelsey think they have something. I I watched this unfold. I watched it flower. It was real love. It was a couple of soulmates meeting up, and I just can't believe that it's over. I am so sad for you, Randy, because I also believed that this was true love, and here we are. And what what is was, real? This is social media, too. I mean, that's when uh, you start deleting social media. That's oh, yeah. that's the final straw. It, it is. is. So uh, I'm, I'm saddened. Uh, but take it or leave it, at least 
Larsa and Marcus spared the feelings of America by doing it during the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm going to take that. They they really did look out for us. Now, how happy is Michael Jordan? Let's all be honest here. How happy? Yeah. Because remember, they were even going on podcasts talking about him being a part of the wedding. <laughs> yeah. well, how excited is he that he doesn't have to deal with this anymore? If you were following the social media of both Larsa and, and uh, Marcus during the Super Bowl, every single one of Marcus's posts was him hanging out with MJ, being like, with the family, MJ squared, with the pops, loving life. So, you know, I think Michael's pretty happy about it, probably. I would say so. <laughs> I, but not Randy. Hashtag sad. <laughs> Hashtag very sad. You should never sad. let your parents control your relationship, people. No, this no. is sad. This is You hate to see it when this kind of thing happens. They were cute be your own man. I know. We were finally going to have Pippin and Jordan back together again. <laughs> it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, to, a, I guess, a happier story. Maybe some people will still have some feelings about this. But yesterday, Tiger Woods finally launched his collaboration, his partnership with TaylorMade. Take it or leave it. You love the name of it. Sunday Red. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. It looks really good. Everybody should go look up the logo if you haven't already. I love that he just completely leaned into what he's best known for, Sunday Red. That is iconic. When we were talking about people who are the faces of their sport, obviously Tiger Woods is the face of golf, and I always imagine him in his Sunday Red. Pretty you cool. Know, Taylor Swift may be the face of football right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although she didn't get over 60 seconds shown in the uh, Super Bowl. It, yeah, it was 54. 54, 54. seconds. Mm-hmm. All right, take it or leave it. Tony Romo takes too much heat. I'll take that. I'm going to take it. I think, you know, do you want a cookie cutter broadcaster or do you want somebody to kind of go outside the box at this day and age and let it rip? I, I think he's great. People are just looking for reasons, especially with broadcasters on a national level. People are looking for reasons to rip broadcasters. And Romo, sure, he's not what he was when he was predicting all those plays in that Patriots-Chiefs game a few years ago. But he's entertaining and he knows what he's talking about and gives you decent enough information. I'm I'm fine with him. I thought he made some great points during the Super Bowl. Now, do I want him talking over Jim Nance's final call? Probably not. Do I want him talking... Once they got the Super Bowl, just saying anything? No, I just want to see the shots of winner, loser, fans going crazy. Swifty. Swifty, whatever. Um, Because you can always go back to the play and and break it down. But I I just think he takes too much heat. I think he's excellent. I think so, too. I, I honestly do enjoy, especially early on, that was fantastic. That was great listening to him. I think now it's because people believe that he talks too much, to your point, Dan, of <laughs> talking at certain points where maybe he shouldn't. But I honestly enjoy the way that he breaks it down. And I think that some people say that he says two things that are things that are too simple and different things like that. But I think about how many people are coming into the NFL now when we're talking about Taylor Swift and the effect that she has. I like that he breaks it down for a way that everybody can understand at any level. And he goes out on a limb. And mm-hmm. I like that. He said, watch this player yeah. or this is single coverage. Don't call the timeout here. I thought that mm-hmm. kind of stuff was great. And as a viewer, I started to watch. I paid attention. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen, but he drew me in on certain plays when he's saying, this is single coverage, or don't take the mm-hmm. time out here. Uh, make sure that you look at the right side. They're going to have this. Look for this player to go over the middle. I, I, I pay attention. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen, but he does get my attention. Absolutely. All right, Matthew, what do you got on the text line? An NFC team will not win the Super Bowl for the next five years. Leave take it or leave it. Oh, leave I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave yeah. that as well. I'm going to 
Although there's a bunch of AFC teams that I can make a case for winning the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, Next starting year. with number 15, yeah. and then going to Justin Herbert, and then going to C.J. Stroud, and mm-hmm. uh, the list goes on and on. But uh, I think an NFC team does win. Got to like those Green Bay Packers. I yep. was going to say the Packers. Yep, yep. Yeah. Caleb Williams. Bear down, Chicago Bears. We'll fight for the right to. <laughs> That's what's going to happen, okay. right? Sure. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Randy, right now you have more collective, you have more collective like positivity than the entire state of Illinois when it comes well. to Caleb Williams as a Bears quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> take it or leave it. Zach Thompson is in the five-man rotation by the end of the season. Leave it. Or take it. Take it. I'm sorry. Take by it. By the end of the season? It's not in the, end of, in the rotation by the end of June. I'm furious. Well, if, come on now. Let's be What if Steven Matz here. goes out and starts dealing? Okay, but then he gets hurt. He has been hurt the last two years. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you can bet on yeah. that happening. Yes, I, I'm gonna have to take it. I think I can see Zach Thompson being in that role. Take it or leave it. A Cardinal starter does get hurt during the season. <laughs> Randy, I don't want to do this. I got heat yesterday for my worst case scenario, and it was just a worst case scenario, and it was true. <laughs> They are older. Yeah, they're kind so, of vintage. Yeah. You know, you got to think that way. Maybe at some point, skipping a start Antique. or two. Don't be negative, Randy. <laughs> I'm not being negative. It, this I'm is the first day in which you can go down yes. to spring rainy, uh, spring training and watch grown men play catch. This is great. Mm. Okay, this mm. is I a big that. deal. Yeah. Say, say the magic words, Randy. I'm not being negative. I'm being realistic. I'm not being negative. I'm being realistic. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, a bunch of guys in their mid-30s. Right my veins on that one, Randy. Yeah. Thank you. A bunch of guys in their mid-30s without steroids. Take it, okay. or, take it or leave it. Fat Tuesday food <laughs> is one of the more underrated holiday meals. Okay, what are what is Fat Tuesday food? I know you got the, the baby cake, right? That's what else you got on Fat Tuesday? All I know. Sweets. Oh, that is a good okay. question. Well, it's, Ash Wednesday is tomorrow, isn't it? Ash Wednesday on Valentine's Day. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I need to know what uh, Fat Tuesday food is before Fat I can Tuesday take or leave. Uh, jambalaya. Okay, take. take. Yeah. Um, Gumbo. Creamy and dewy pasta. Okay, take it. Total, 100% Crawfish take. Crawfish boil. Uh, gumbo. Yeah. Pinky. Oh, Get on the mic. Crawf- yeah. yeah. He's just, yeah, great. I uh, can't do swing, both. Swing the mic over. <laughs> it's, it's still not close enough for me to use the mouse at the same time. It's a poor, it's a poor fish and grits. Yeah. I'll bet you are. Shrimp uh, po' boy. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down with this text. Uh, take it. Yeah, I know they're listening over at uh, Fenton Bar and Grill. They have the best gumbo. It's sensational. Ooh. So uh, if you want, I'll bet you we can get some, I'll text over there and make sure that we get some gumbo uh, worked up for tomorrow. And uh, by the way, they had an amazing Super Bowl Sunday. They sold over 10,000 tr- of their trash wings on Sunday over at Fenton Barn. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Those are delicious wings. Yeah, best trash wings in the Midwest. And uh, so congratulations to them. And thanks. Uh, they want to thank all their customers for that record-breaking 10,000 trash wing barrier falling. Take it or leave it, another injury year for Mike Trout, and his career will be considered a, quote-unquote, what could have been. I No, I, I'm going to leave it because his career is a Hall of Fame career. It How many be, MVPs already? Three? Yeah, three. Yeah. I, I guess his career will be comparable to Ken Griffey Jr.'s. A what could have oh. been career for me is Alex Reyes. Mm. Yes. If he yeah. uh, doesn't get hurt yep. and deal with the shoulder issues, uh, I sit there and say, man, what if if he was still healthy? I remember his debut, and it was electric. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Fantastic. Yeah. And and, and Flaherty, right? He's, he's going to another one being a what if, and Geronimo Pena. Or even Carlos Martinez sometimes. I know that we yep. got to see him, but if he reached yeah. his full potential. Yeah. I was thinking of Grady Sizemore. Sizey, yeah. As somebody who just... 
couldn't mean, stay healthy. Could not stay healthy and was like, I mean, five tool player out mm-hmm. of the gate in his career. He would have been incredible if he just doesn't have those injuries. Good call. You got one more? Uh, take, it or leave, take it or leave it. If Atlanta gets a third whack at the NHL, then St. Louis should get a third whack at the NFL. Oh, take it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, of course I'm going to take it. Well, we guess neither but one of those happens. Is Atlanta like the number seven market, number eight market, though, and still growing? They're big, yeah. yeah. So we aren't exactly growing here in the greater St. Louis area, but we deserve another chance um, at the NFL because we're good fans. We're the best fans in the NFL. Atlanta's number seven, St. Louis this year. Guess what, baby? 24? Drop down to 24. Yeah. I'll be curious about uh, the ratings here in St. Louis for the Super Bowl. But they were great. Huge. Got to yeah. be top 15 probably in the country. Oh, yeah. For the AFC game between Kansas City and Buffalo, we were third behind Kansas City and Buffalo. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be we'll be top 10 in the ratings for the Super Bowl, no doubt about it. We love our sports here, no doubt about it. Uh, thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your texts. We appreciate them. Coming up, what team does have the best chance to dethrone the Chiefs and win the Super Bowl next season? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. So is it a dynasty now? Yeah, it's the start of one. We're not done. I know we're going to celebrate tonight, celebrate the Pride Wednesday, Kansas City, but we're not done. We've got a young team. We're going to keep this thing going. That's Patrick Mahomes talking about the dynasty that is the Kansas City Chiefs. They've won three of the last four Super Bowls, and, of course, they have won back-to-back. That being the case, the 49ers opened as Hmm. the favorites to win Super Bowl 59 next year, and it's hard to win three in a row. It's never happened before. So the question is, who has, if Kansas City is not going to win the Super Bowl next year, the best chance to defeat said Chiefs. Who is who has the best chance, whether it's from the AFC or the NFC, to dethrone Kansas City? Well, I have different tiers to this. So I'm going to start with the 49ers because I think that they are obviously the favorites for the NFC once again. If you look at their offseason, they're $3.7 million over the salary cap heading into this offseason. So it's really not that bad compared to a lot of different contenders. And I feel like they're still probably a year away of having to make a big or hard decision with one of their big star players. Now... This could be the last shot for this core group. So this is another reason why I think it's going to be the 49ers again. But, guys, I have some other options as well. I think the Texans are a very interesting and challenging team where they could have a little bit of a budding rivalry going on with Patrick Mahomes, C.J. Stroud with what he was able to do, do, D'Amico Ryans. And I really like the Texans and C.J. Stroud. Now... Another one is going to be the Packers. I think that that's another exciting team. Of course, you have the Chargers as well, all the changes they have Mm -hmm. coming in with Jim Harbaugh. But I think that those are the more interesting teams going into next season. I don't know if this is the right way to look at it, but the, the teams that have the most cap space going in, Commanders, Titans, Patriots, Bengals and Colts, a couple of those teams I could see if they go out free agency and they're aggressive, having a chance. By the way, 49ers, as you mentioned, are the Super Bowl favorites, then KC, Baltimore, Buffalo, Detroit. I could see any of those teams Mm -hmm. doing that as well. I agree with Brooke. The two teams I had, if I was going to pick one team to 
upset or however you want to look at it, throw their name in the uh, the ring here of the teams that could upset uh, the favorites, Texans, because C.J. Stroud, DeMarco Ryans, or D'Amico Ryans, excuse me, Will Anderson. The one thing that they have, though, is a tougher schedule. They're going to have a tougher schedule this second time through with C.J. Stroud. Green Bay started 3-6, and six, and then they go dismantle Dallas, mm-hmm. and they got Jordan Love, who just started looking like a different player mm-hmm. at the end of the season. So I look at those two teams. I think Green Bay is prohibitive in the NFC. I, th- I just – we know how difficult it is to come back from a Super Bowl that you lose, and that Super Bowl hangover is inevitable, and I have to think that'll happen to uh, – unfortunately, the 49ers. The other team in the NFC that actually did make a rise, unfortunately, this year was the Rams. Yes. They were really good at the end of the season, and they'll be a threat. But I think the two teams that have the best chance to dethrone the Chiefs next year are both from the AFC North. The Ravens were the best team all year Mm -hmm. until they got beaten at home by Kansas City. They were they were the best team and they're they're gonna have the best team again next year. They need to sign one player, Matabike, but they've got everybody coming off back offensively. They're very young. They're gonna be very good. And then the team that I think has the best chance to dethrone Kansas City, you mentioned them. They're fourth in cap space and they're already great. It's the Bengals getting Joe Burrow back. Uh, they've got every item that you need on offense. They've got a very good offensive line. They've got two good receivers. They've got enough cap space to keep everybody around. They've got got the running back. They've got the pass rush. They've got the corners. They, They have everything you need to win. And I think that if there is a team out there, it's a Bengals team with a healthy Joe Burrow. A healthy Joe Burrow because mm-hmm. it's somebody who actually can beat a Patrick Mahomes. They've done it. And that's the thing is, who is going to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, especially after this season? Remember, there were so many talks, and we discussed this a little bit yesterday, Randy, but this was a Chiefs team that a lot of people didn't think this was the worst version of the Chiefs in the Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid era. And I don't think that it was the worst version mm-hmm. now, looking back, obviously. If anything, we'll look at this as being the chapter in this dynasty that is being built as the Spags year because of the Chiefs defense and what they were able to do. Of course, Patrick Mahomes, all his heroics towards the end there, but this was the Spags year in that chapter. I know that the old phrase, the old adage is true, that the cemeteries are full of indispensable people. That being said, I think that Chris Jones is an indispensable player for the Chiefs. I think if they lose, all of a sudden that defense goes from great to above average, but not great. But to counter that, they've had one starter back from their first Super Bowl on defense. Mm -hmm. They find a way, and that was him. Uh, The other thing that I was looking at with Mahomes, he did not have a 1,000-yard rusher, a 1,000-yard receiver Mm -hmm. this season and still makes it to the Super Bowl. Uh, and, And you can't say now he can't win on the road. I mean, look at the places he went on the road. So it's hard to bet against number 15. He's that good. And he makes players better. We saw Rice ascend throughout the course of the season. It looked for all the world in the middle of the season like Travis Kelsey was used up. But he wound up being great in the playoffs. And they get a guy like Gray who steps up to become a really good player. MVS is still serviceable for them. They'll be able to go out and find another receiver for whatever reason. Now, Sky Moore didn't work out. But they do a really good job of finding receivers in the in the second and third rounds, too. Well, yeah, just look at Rasheed Rice and how that worked yeah. out for him. Now, going back to the Bengals, because I do think that Joe Burrow is a very interesting prospect, but we got a text from the 314. Bengals losing T. Higgins and their OC, I don't know. Referring to what you're talking about, Bill Callahan, of course, going to the Titans mm-hmm. as their new head coach. And there's rumors that T. Higgins could possibly even be moved right. to Tennessee. But Cincinnati does have the cap space. They've drafted very well. 
I get that Callahan was the offensive coordinator and taking nothing away from his greatness, but Zach Taylor is their offensive coordinator. Zach Taylor implements the philosophy and the scheme for that offense, and they promoted from within with somebody else that knows the scheme. Now, is that person going to be as good a play caller? Well, Taylor calls the plays, too. So I, I, don't, I don't know that the Callahan loss is going to be as substantial as it would be for a lot of teams losing their offensive coordinators. This Brian may Callahan, be the, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, said, yeah. I said Bill, his yeah. father. But yes, Brian. Um, this may be the best time to be a Kansas City sports fan oh, because yeah. of what's going on. And they're going to unveil the potential of a new stadium for the Royals today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then you have the parade tomorrow. And they have spent a bunch of money in free agency in baseball. I mean, this is like the glory times yeah. of the Kansas City sports era. It's it's that's got to be an amazing feeling. These last three days: Super Bowl championship, new stadium on the horizon, and a parade tomorrow. And knock St. Louis out of the MLS playoffs. Oh, Ooh, that's no. the other one. Don't bring yeah. that up, Randy. Well, they're, 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 we're just yeah. talking about things that make Kansas Cityans happy. Well, they should be happy. They they should be. Yeah. Now they need to come over here for some good barbecue. There you go. Are you down on Kansas City barbecue? I like St. Louis barbecue way better. Mm. I haven't had Kansas City barbecue. What what is it's the big really difference? It's really spicy. It's it, is it it's, more of a rub? Uh, it's just a, no, a spicy sauce. It's it's not. It, it's really good. It's really good. But I I just think <laughs> ours is better. I mean, come on, it's really good. It is. It, they've got some really good barbecue over there. I'm not saying that theirs is bad. I'm just saying they, okay. they can come over here for the best. I just wanted to clear it up. Okay. All right. <laughs> Set the record straight. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's 813 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And that is today's Fresh Take. Coming up, we're going to talk to our friend, the TV voice of the blues, John Kelly from Toronto, next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues Booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Canada. They take on the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. You can hear the pregame at 5 o'clock. Action at 6 here on 101 ESPN. And of course, you can see it on Bally Sports. John Kelly and Jamie Rivers will have the call. And John Kelly, the TV voice of the Blues, joins us now here on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Randy. How are you? Everything's great. And for those that uh, didn't pay close attention over the weekend because the Blues have been out for such a long time, really impressive weekend for the Blues. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, an understatement, Randy. They win 3-1 in Buffalo on Saturday, and then a very impressive 7-2 victory on Super Bowl Sunday. So how about that? They score a touchdown on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, And Torrey Krug had five assists, which was a club record for most assists in one game by a Blues defenseman. So, um, you know, I think the exciting thing is, Randy, is that the Blues have now won seven of eight games, and I'm starting to see this team get more confidence and a bit of a swagger. And that's a great thing to see. So they have a really tough schedule here, uh, Toronto tonight, and then they come home to take on McDavid and the Oilers on Thursday, and then a huge game Saturday against the Predators. But you win seven of eight games, 
that gives you a lot of confidence. And I think the Blues have the most confidence they've had this season. Going back to what you were just talking there with that impressive win with the Blues against the Canadians, 7-2, to two, you talked about Tory Krug with his career-high five points, and then you have Jake Neighbors. He had a great game as well, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo. But I want to go to Alexi Torpchenko because is it fair to say that he set the tone of the game with that goal just 25 seconds in? Yeah, that's a good point, Brock. It was a highlight real goal, his eighth goal of the year. And he scored seven or eight goals this year on the road. So he's been a very impressive player. And, you know, that line with Sunquist and Nathan Walker has been really good. Yeah, it's an identity line for the Blues. Um, all three guys like to play physically. Um, they have pretty good speed. So it's, it's been really fun to watch. So, but Torpchenko is still a young player. And, you know, he's still a bit inconsistent when it comes to scoring goals. But you see him make a play like that. Um, going wide with his speed and, you know, his size, he's tough to defend. Um, this is a guy that certainly down the road could score, to me, 15, 20 goals. Um, so I, th- I still think he's still scratching the surface of what he could do down the road. He's, he's a really um, dynamic player when he, when he gets that puck wide because of the rules in the game. It's tough to stop him. J.K., the power play, six best in the NHL since Drew Bannister and Brad Richards took that over. What are you seeing with that power play? You know, Dan, it's really amazing. I was looking at the numbers today. When Berube was let go by the Blues, the power play was 8.4%, and it cost them a lot of games. So um, I I think that, obviously, he's done a lot of things, and not just Bannister, but, you know, the entire coaching staff and, you know, their consultant, Brad Richards. Um, but, you know, I, I think they've been more direct and, you know, not, you know, passing the puck around the perimeter for the, you know, the full two minutes looking for that perfect shot and perhaps too many seam passes. They're more direct. And the other thing I see is they have a lot more of a net front presence. And that's important. So, you know, the Thomas goal the other night or the other day in Montreal, a great example. You know, it's a rather harmless shot from distance by Robert Thomas. And there's a screen in front, and it just finds its way behind Jake Allen. So I think those are the things that I have seen, a more direct approach and a lot better net front presence um, since he took over in December. Uh, J.K., at some point the Blues will get both uh, Justin Falk and Scott Perunovich back. But it's uh, an interesting thing in hockey and in, in any sport. When you're rolling, you really don't want to mess with the chemistry. And we've seen it before. The Blues have had teams with a lot of injuries where guys came back. What's happening now, though, is it appears they're really developing some quality depth on on the blue line, aren't they? Well, you know, I think that a, a player like Kessel has come in and he has been really solid. And to me, he's got to be in your top six, regardless of, you know, health and injuries and things like that. He, he's played that well. So when they do get those players back, it's a good problem to have. Uh, you know, I always say internal competition is the best competition you can have. So, um, you know, Scandella's done a good job. Rosen's come up and played a couple of games. And, you know, Rosen was really good last year with the Blues. He, he was a plus-minus leader on defense for the Blues last year in limited time. He was plus 18 in 49 games. So he's a guy that can come in. He's a, he's a bit of a veteran now, so it's a good thing. So hopefully those guys can, can get back soon. Um, but, but right now, you're right, you don't really want to miss, mess with a winning lineup, uh, guys. But obviously, when, when, especially when Falk comes back, there's no question he comes right back in the lineup.
JK, I want to ask you about uh, the trade deadline just a little bit here. As you mentioned, they're seven one and zero in their last eight, five straight road wins. And I'm not asking you to speak on behalf of the organization. I, I'm just curious of your thoughts on: Do you think in your time in the NHL that maybe this changes a little bit the mindset of what you do going into the trade deadline? You know, Dan, I think that you know, big picture, where the Blues are in their Elevation, uh, elev- um, the way they are right now. I'm, I'm searching for that word. Evolution. Um, ev- evolution. There we go. It's, you know, I'm still still early here in Toronto. <laughs> um, um, I, I don't think that they certainly are going to be, even if they're in a playoff spot. You know, a team that's going to really, you know, be big buyers at the deadline. You know, that they they still want to accumulate young players and draft choices and things like that. Um, so unless the, the bottom fell out of this team and they were, you know, six, eight or more points out of a playoff spot, then I think they would be sellers. Um, but right now they're in a playoff spot by a couple of points. So, you know, my guess is they'll be sort of in neutral and we'll see what happens injury wise and where they are health wise at the deadline. But, uh, certainly if they're in a playoff spot, I, I can't see them selling off parts, even though they do have a couple of UFAs. So I think right now the, the best guess would be they would probably do very little if nothing in, at the deadline. Finally, J.K., you're in Toronto, and it is the Mecca, and uh, the media coverage <laughs> is unbelievable, and the fans are unbelievable. What's different about being at a game in Toronto than most places? Well, I think, you know, Randy, when you go to Toronto, and we were just in Montreal there's just um, a, a great atmosphere around the town, and it's it's a hockey town. And obviously, the the Leafs are so popular here. It's such it's the biggest city in Canada by a lot. Um, they're starving for a Stanley Cup championship. They haven't won a cup since 1967. So you know they're a good team. They've made the playoffs seven straight years, but again, haven't won in a long time. So I think that the biggest thing is the atmosphere around town and at the games is really good and it's you know obviously a very knowledgeable crowd but you know they have a lot of controversy right now morgan riley their number one defenseman at the end of the last game in ottawa he cross-checked ridley gregg after he scored into an empty net when he slapped the puck into the net and he has an in-person hearing today in new york and i expect him to get probably at least a five-game suspension so that's good for the blues because he won't play tonight and of course they play the leafs next monday probably missed that game as well what did you think of that whole situation i know that it's been a lightning rod of some people on one side the other people on the other side about the empty net taking a slap shot then the big hit what do you think jk i I guess maybe different eras of hockey and how we evaluate this yeah dan you know probably 30 40 years ago um really greg probably would have been stretchered off the ice yes and that's i'm not saying that's the the right response or the the right thing um to me in this situation um punishment did not fit the crime i mean i don't agree with greg slapping the puck into the net like that i think it's rubbing uh the opponent's face into a loss and they're obviously frustrated um it's the battle of ontario it's a, it's a you know a big rivalry game but the response by Riley is over the top. I mean, to me, he should just come over and, you know, grab Greg or, you know, engage him in a fight. But to cross-check him in the in the jaw is, is over the top. And the biggest thing is the Leafs are not guaranteed a playoff spot. They're, I think, only four points ahead of the Islanders. So they're in a battle to get in. 
and now they might lose their top defenseman, as I said, for whatever, four, five, six, seven, eight games. It's a big loss for them. So I think that he, he really, even though you're mad about the loss and what Greg did, it certainly, to me, was over the top. John Kelly, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Have a great time in Toronto today, and we will be tuned in tonight for the Blues and the Maple Leafs. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. That is John Kelly, TV voice of the Blues on Bally Sports, with us as he is every Tuesday morning here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Matthew needs a fighter. All you need to do is text in 314. I assume you need a fighter, right? Uh, you did indeed win yesterday. Okay, it was an odd one, but you did, you did win. An odd, odd victory. You're just rubbing it but in. A victory nonetheless. <laughs> rubbing it in, aren't you, Randy? Yeah, it was Super Bowl Monday, Dan. You, okay. You just, you know, it's the top tough. of his game. Yeah, sometimes as you just got to be fired up a little bit. Matthew it's, is yawning I, as I was, you say that. <laughs> I was really sad. What the hell? No, man. I was off the air. You can't just like bring that on. That, that was that was behind was the, the that was behind the scenes yawning, Danny. What are you doing to me here? I saw fired up and I looked over at <laughs> Matthew and he was oh yawning as the comedic timing much as was just perfect. <laughs> That's what Joe Gibbs would call athletic arrogance. Three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! Sending your name and the word fight, and maybe you'll fight me next here on. 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fight in the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Welcome back to the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Danny Mac, Randy Carriker, and Matthew Rocchio. And it is now time for the fight. And our fighter today is Eric. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. Is this your first time facing Randy in the fight? It is. Mm. Nerves? Yeah, a little bit. A little different once you're on the phone. It, it is. Any advice, Stan, that you like to give? Oh, just get after him. Don't have nerves. Just get after him. I know you can do it. I want to try, Danny Mac. All right. Go for it. All right. You ready for question number right. one, Eric? I am. 75% of the AFC East franchises have gone to three straight Super Bowls in their history. Which is the only team that hasn't? Is it the Patriots, the Jets, or the Dolphins? going to go with the Jets. Is that your final answer, Eric? That's the final answer. In Super in the Super Bowl era, only two players have led the NFL in receiving TDs more than 3 times. Jerry Rice and who else? Is it Rob Gronkowski, Randy Moss, or Terrell Owens? I got to go with T Owens. Okay, question three, please. Who is the active career leader in playoff passing touchdowns? Is it Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, that was for the playoffs? Who is the, yes. Okay. Uh, and the home Citadel, I'm going to go with Mahomes. Over the last 25 championships, which league has the most parity with 16 different teams winning? Is it Major League Baseball, the NFL, or the NHL? Going to go with uh, baseball. Okay, Eric. 
Four up, four down. Let's see how you did when we get Randy in here. Okay. How, do you, how do you feel? Eh, not so good. Yeah, that's how a lot of people feel when they're taking on Randy, but fear not. <laughs> you never know what's going on in Randall's world. <laughs> Especially on a Hopefully man Tuesday. Have a water today. Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Are you ready, Randy? I'm as ready as I'm going to be, Daniel. All right, here Let's we go it. with question one. Say okay. hi to Eric, by the way. Eric? Yes. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, Randy. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. All right, Randy. Question number one. Uh 75% of the AFC East franchises have gone to three straight Super Bowls in their history. Mm -hmm. Which is the only team that has it? Uh, Well, the Dolphins have. The Bills have. uh, The Patriots have. So I would guess the Jets, who have only played in one Super Bowl, would be the team that has not. Final answer, Randy. Final answer, Dan. In the Super Bowl era, only two players have led the league in receiving TDs more than three times. Jerry Rice and who else? Jerry Rice and... um, I think this comes down to uh, Moss or two. And I... I think I'm going to... Every time, it's so dumb. Every time. Uh... I think I'm going to, uh, you know, Moss had that rookie year, and then he had the year in, in, in New England, but he really didn't do anything with the Raiders or after New England. I'm going to go with two. Final answer? Yes. Question three. Who is the active career leader in playoff passing touchdowns? Hmm. Well, Mahomes has a lot, uh, but I don't think that uh, eh, maybe he, let's see, you got Mahomes right now. Uh, it's not Burrow. Uh, let's see. NFC. I guess it could be A-Rod. Uh, no Big Ben to have anymore. I'm trying to think who's... You know what? I'll just do the lifeline. I'm sure I've named a couple of them, but we'll just uh, we'll figure this out. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, or Aaron Rodgers? Mm, okay, good. I'm going to go... With the guy who's been around for 18 years and played in the playoffs, most of them. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Over the last 25 championships, which league has had the most parity with 16 different teams winning? So you, you, these are the four major pro sports leagues, right? Yes. All right. Over the last 25 years, so the Yankees were 96. That's when their little dynasty started, and they haven't. Let's see, so 99. So, but I'm, I'm still going to, because of the Yankees, uh, okay, they, but they haven't won as many championships. Okay, so in the NFL, Patriots, I think, knock the, knock the NFL out. In the NBA, I think that a couple of franchises, notably the Lakers and the Spurs, will knock the NBA out. So that gives us the NHL and MLB. And we have not had a dom. Well, we had Tampa. They won three. And in baseball, you really have not had a dominant franchise. If you go to 25 years, that would go to 99 Yankees, uh, 2,000 Yankees, and then that's it. Uh, in 09, so they've won three. Hmm. Have you had another dominant baseball franchise? Doyers have won once. Giants have won three. So I'm going to go with hockey being the sport 
that has had, can you repeat the question? The fewest number. Let me repeat it for okay. you. Over the last 25 championships, yeah. which league has had the most parity with 16 most different parody. teams winning? I'm going to go with hockey having 16 different teams winning. Even though you've got both the Lightning and I guess the Penguins too. Uh, but that one's a hard one to think of right off the top of your head. So I will just go with hockey. We have a tie in today's fight, which means we got to go to the tie breaker in today's fight. And that means let's go through the questions and, or the rules, I should say, really quickly here. I'm going to read the question for the tiebreaker. We're going to give Randy a chance to write down his answer. And then we will get your answer audibly, Eric. And whoever is closest to the pin is going to be the winner of today's fight. Do you understand those rules, Eric? I do. And Randy, do you understand the rules? I understand the rules, sir. Do you have paper? I do. All right, we're, 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 we're ready to go then. All right, here we go. Pete Rose is the all-time hits leader with over 4,200 hits, but is also the all-time games played leader with how many? Pete Rose is the all-time hits leader with over 4,200 hits, but he is also the all-time games played leader with how many? Randy Kerker writing down his answer right now. I am actually doing math, bro. Okay. Uh, Randy Kerker doing math that will lead him to writing down his answer. Uh, hold on. Um, hold on here. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. Lindenwood Education, Randall. It's working hard here. <laughs> I need a calculator. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. I, I'm going to go with... This is you can hear the marker scratching across the paper. Yep. Here we go, kids. Oh, broad, okay, uh, i got to write that down. Sorry. Okay, I got your guess now, Randy Carricker. All right, Eric. That's not a good guess. What is your guess, sir? That's a tough one, but uh, 3,100. Hmm, how about that? You guessed 3,100 even. Randy Carricker, how many did you guess? I guessed 3,126. All right, so the question then is, is it under 3,100? Is it over 3,126? Or do I have to do a little math because it's somewhere between there? Let's ring that bell. Still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is driven by Car Shield. Plans to fit any budget. Visit CarShield.com today. Just win, baby. I'm sorry, Eric. Unfortunately, it was over 3126. Pete Rose played 3,562 games to get to those over 4,200 hits. So Randy Carricker was a little bit closer to you today, and he wins the tiebreaker, and therefore he wins the fight. Good job, though. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. Matthew, Thank you. Thank you. I thought, and yes. I could be wrong about this, I thought Randall won in regulation. No, he got two right. I thought he had three. No, he answered uh, He answered NHL. Here we go. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go through them. 75% of the AFC East franchises have gone to three straight Super Bowls in their history. Obviously, the Jets are the only one who have not. In the Super Bowl era, only two players have led the NFL in receiving TDs more than three times. Randy Moss led the league five times. Mm. That's uh, Randy, Randy answered T.O. on that one. Mm. The active leader in career playoff passing TDs is, in fact, Aaron Rodgers with 45 to Patrick Mahomes, 41. Randy Carricker got that one right for his yep. second one, correct? And then for the fourth one, over the last 25 championships, which league has the most parity with six? 16 different teams winning. Randy Carricker answered NHL. It was the MLB that has had 16 teams win. The NHL has had 14 teams win. NFL with 13. NBA with 11. So Randy got three right. Randy got two right. No. Randy got Aaron. I I got two. Oh, Oh, you got the NHL one. Yeah, wow. I said NHL. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I'm yeah. trying to back you up, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm trying it. to no, help you out. I was confused out. as well. Yeah. Okay. So it's there's a fight for you here on 101 ESPN. Coming up. 
What sport should get a non-sports star like Taylor Swift involved like she is in the NFL? What sport needs that most? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the Opening Drive. Brooke, Dan, and Randy here. Dana, what happened to Randy? So Chick-fil-A <laughs> has shown up and Randy has disappeared. Chick-fil-A kind enough to bring in some food for the morning drive. And I'm sure there's so much food for the folks after us, like Josh Ennis mm-hmm. and PK uh, and Ferrario, then the fast lane. So Chick-fil-A has brought in all this food and amazingly, Randy disappears. Uh, it's it's very interesting how that played out. He literally went over <laughs> there and said, you guys can take it from here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was like no big deal. I'm out of here. <laughs> and um, so he's gone and Randy will enter at some point in this segment potentially and the question that we pose to the text line and ourselves what sport should get what non-sports star like taylor swift is involved in the nfl hockey had carrie underwood mike fisher uh dion fanoof had alicia cuthbert baseball had mariah carey with jeter so which team needs which female celebrity to increase its q rating q rating and also just for people who who, to understand what q rating means how would you best explain it i would say that it is the knowledge of a person to Mm -hmm. to break it down the, the popularity and knowledge of a person by the general public this is a tough one because you also we have mike fisher listed he no longer plays he's retired but having carrie underwood involved with the nhl that was a pretty big deal it was for a while there yeah. She's great on the Monday night uh, or the Sunday night football intro. Carrie Underwood. Right. Yeah, she's fantastic. So that's one that moves the needle yeah. a little bit. She is involved. So globally, Taylor Swift is number one. Would Can we agree that Beyonce is number two? Ooh, yeah. I think that's a one and one A possibly. Okay. So, I think they're both number one. That okay. One, that's hard. And Beyonce, by the way, just came out with a country album. So she is rivaling Taylor Swift for... That mm-hmm. whole well, Taylor Swift started in country, and now she moved over to pop. So we're having a big old switcheroo now. Did uh, Beyonce ever perform? She did Super Bowl. Yes. I don't remember. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm so, assuming she did. So she's already involved with the NFL. First of all, I don't think the. It, it's funny because the NBA, their players are so well known that they don't need a superstar. They've got Curry. They've got LeBron. They've got uh, all of their superstars, a lot of the Warriors guys. Globally, Luka is a superstar. I don't think the NBA really needs that. Not that the NFL did, but I don't think that the NBA needs that bump from having a non-sports star watching and being in the stands at their sport. Because then, you know, they are the big stars, as you're mentioning yeah. there. I think Jason Tatum is dating a famous singer, I believe. Mm. I do believe, but still at the same time, Jason Tatum's very recognizable, so he's big at his own right, right. but I do believe that he is dating. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I was LMA. thinking. So I think what baseball needs, though, they need somebody to bring a young audience to them, like Taylor Swift has brought to the NFL. Not, again, like the NFL needed it, but somebody who can help cultivate a younger audience. And it doesn't need to necessarily be a female. It could be a male, but somebody whose presence will cause young people specifically to want to tune in to watch games. So I was thinking outside the box here, and I thought Drake. I thought Drake oh. was somebody. I think that's a great call. That would be that would by the way, Drake is in town. 
performed last night. Maybe he's listening. Yeah, my daughter needs a ticket for tonight. So, uh, Drake, if you're listening, send one over. (laughs) Yeah, we would appreciate it, Drake. He's a huge sports fan. And he's a Blue Jays fan, right? I think he's from he's from Canada. Yeah, huge NBA fan, and and, Mm -hmm. yeah, whoever's winning Kentucky basketball fan. Yes, he he he's definitely a big bandwagon ish fan. But Drake, still, we want tickets if you're listening. Yeah, I'll take that back. Yeah, how many tickets do we need? Are you going, Randy? I can go. Would yeah. you go? If, if Drake sends tickets over, I'm in. Do you know any of his uh, tunes? I know that I would know them, but I can't sing along with okay. them. Okay. All right. That was kind of with me with Usher. I knew oh. all of them, but I yeah. just I couldn't name them. Uh, when he did that, I loved, I thought he was amazing on his roller skates. Yeah, he's great. So is Usher somebody that we need to get him? And obviously, again, he's associated with the National Football League. The NFL has really done a great job because of the Super Bowl halftime. They've done a great job of integrating superstars into their sport already. Well, I, I do get a little bit jealous, too, when I see, and it's the Super Bowl, so you're going to have a lot of celebrities, but even mm-hmm. when it's not the Super Bowl, when you see certain games, certain teams, where they have celebrities that attend regularly to their games, of course, in New York and L.A. with the Dodgers, you know, when you look around, you see that. I wish we could get something like that in St. Louis. Now, mm-hmm. it's always a big deal when you get Wayne Gretzky in the building, when you get Brett Hole in the building, then that's very exciting, but it would be nice every once in a while to get another St. Louis celebrity to come in. I know they have um, the actress is Pam from The Office. Jenna Fisher? She, yes. She comes in every once in a while. 314 says, and this is a good one. I hadn't thought about it. MLB had Kate Upton with Justin Verlander. There is a good oh, one. Right. yeah. And I don't know that they utilized her properly. I don't know if they, she went to a lot of games, but that's what we're talking about. Have her shown on TV for 54 seconds during a game. Is it going to make you... You think it moves a needle, though? No. I mean, Taylor Swift big. moves the needle, and everybody is watching... Football, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nelly and John Goodman at Cardinals games. That was from yeah. the 314. Yeah, the other, a uh, couple of years ago when Albert did the high five with Nelly. Yeah, yeah that, that was, that was great. really cool. Yeah, Nelly is a good one. John Hamm, he is everywhere. He mm-hmm. was he was definitely around a lot during that blue Stanley Cup run, and that was really exciting to see. I'm trying to think somebody else. Well, in baseball in general, you have Vanessa Hudgens, who's married to Cole Tucker, but He's not exactly. Mm-hmm. You need the level of that player kind of to match ish. How about that if Benifer goes star? to Red Sox games? How about Ben Affleck and that Jennifer Lopez? It. Yeah, that they sit the in the needle. front row yep. right next yeah. to the uh, Red Sox dugout. That's one that moves the needle a little bit. Oh, Will Ferrell is a big L.A. Kings fan. That is exciting when you see him around. Yeah. He is at a lot of, like Tom Hanks goes to a lot of Dodger games, and they always show the celebrities that are there. Yeah. There's celebrities that are always at Dodger games. Always. Yeah, they all the time. And uh, the Dodgers are the team that need somebody to date that Hollywood starlet or superstar, right? If you have Otani on the team already, and then you have somebody else in the stands like, like Mahomes is on the Chiefs and Kelsey is, is dating uh, Taylor Swift. That's what you need in baseball. That's where, what I'm talking about here. Hmm. What about Miley Cyrus? That's one that got brought up. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, she's obviously a big star right now. But again, does she move the needle enough? Like, would she move the needle as much as uh, the, the singer uh, Selena Gomez? If Selena Gomez is dating a baseball player, probably that's not. A, that's a big deal. Yeah, if Selena Gomez was dating a baseball t- player, that would be a pretty big deal. Because I think she's in that, we're talking about A-list category, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What about when we're when we're looking at that younger audience, Olivia Rodrigo, somebody texted oh, yeah, that in. Go. She is big 
With yeah, the get, get her now. into a suite at Dodger games dating a Dodger player. There you got something. Anytime that you say younger generation, I just realized that as that left my mouth, it makes me sound like an old lady. I was just <laughs> going to say, Randy and I are the worst two people to ask for this segment. Right. Uh, one other by, note, by the way, you brought up Tom Hanks, and I did not realize this. Daniel, remember Theotis Brown? Yeah. At UCLA, he was roommates with Tom Hanks. I did not know that. No, Theotis Brown, the Cardinals had a couple of running yep. backs, Otis Anderson and Theotis Brown. And uh, there was an Otis and Theotis radio show on KMOX back in the day. And then Theotis wound up with the Chiefs. And when the Chiefs, when the Cardinals left in 19, people complain now about the Chiefs wanting to be part of this market. When the Cardinals left after the 1987 season, after that season, the Chiefs sent Theotis Brown to St. Louis to try to sell tickets. And he was successful, sold a bunch of tickets because that's when Marty Schottenheimer took over and they started winning a lot. But yeah, I didn't realize this. Theotis and uh, Tom Hanks were college roommates at UCLA. Oh. So now you know from via radio. the YouTube chat. I forgot about this. Matt Kemp dated Rihanna. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. That was a big deal. And that see, was and baseball. That's something that baseball needed to take advantage of. I didn't think uh, I, I didn't let it pass before the game the other day. Did you see that Goodell was talking to Taylor Swift? Oh yeah, yeah. That I don't know if Bud Selig talking to Rihanna was going to be as effective. <laughs> what do you think the conversation <laughs> was about with Goodell and Swift? Thank you for what you've done. You've generated almost $400 million for us. I think so. And cultivated a new group of fans that we would have never had a chance to have the eyeballs of before. I bet leagues would love it if you had superstars that followed a particular player. Yep. I don't know if it moves the needle in other sports, though. Because baseball's regional, hockey's mm-hmm. regional, lot yeah. more games. national stage with football. Mm-hmm. Right. Makes a huge difference that the Chiefs, this year... 17 games the Chiefs played. Seven of them were prime time or that one morning game. And seven more were in the 325 national TV spot. So you saw a lot of Taylor Swift for 20 seconds a game, but you saw a lot of her because 14 times the Chiefs were on national TV. Yep. It makes a difference. That's Dan. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. Coming up, we've got our Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Our friends at Chick-fil-A are opening a new store. It opens Thursday at Olive and Ross in Crevecore, where the old TGI Fridays was. And um, our friend David Bruce, who's the proprietor of said store, just brought by some of the Chick-fil-A mini biscuits and some of the sandwiches. And it's all delicious from Chick-fil-A. And they were great partners of us, along with uh, Adam Wainwright's Big League Impact Foundation. So Thanks to Chick-fil-A, and good luck to them as they get things rolling on Olive in Creve Core on Thursday. Oh, Chick-fil-A is so good, Randy. I already have eaten half of my chicken biscuit, and I had three chicken minis. I'm going to work out later, so I'll be Proud okay, but it is so, so good. And Chick-fil-A was my first job, and there's not many restaurants that I worked at that I would actually go back and eat at because... If you know, if you worked in the restaurant industry, you see a lot of things where you're like, eh, I won't go back at that restaurant and eat there. But Chick-fil-A is one of the restaurants I worked at that I would 100% always go back to. I don't know one kid I've ever heard of say, I don't want Chick-fil-A. Not tonight. <laughs> oh, Sundays. They all want it on Sundays. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've ever heard of a uh, adult say, I don't want no. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is the best. Yep. I'm I'm wearing the colors right now. I've got a Chick-fil-A Nike golf cap on. I've held up the uh, I'm holding up right now the 
little uh, cow, the Eat More Chicken Cow. So <laughs> got your Chick Fil A yeah, hat. So, yeah, so you were decked out. Uh, what do you think the traffic is going to be like on Olive? It'll be substantial. Okay, but it's they, right down the street here from the station. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, the, most, <laughs> the most watched TV program ever, ever in ever was Super Bowl 58 CBS on all of their platforms drawing an average of 123.4 million viewers a record 202.4 million watched at least part of the game wow I mean it's a behemoth absolute behemoth and Brooke wants it on a Saturday I would like to see it happen on a Saturday just once Mm -hmm. just one time see what kind of rating you get and then Sunday you can enjoy it. Or the other thing is push it back and President's Day is the next day and you get that day off. And the logic behind it with both of us is that you have that next day off because on Sundays you're off. I do understand from a TV and business standpoint that you have had that where on Sundays most people are at home. On the weekends they're typically out and about and doing things. But on Sunday you're at home getting ready for Monday. So mm-hmm. I do understand that aspect for it. But I feel like with the Super Bowl, wherever you put it, people are going to watch it. And they'll work their lives around it. There's no doubt that fans are hardcore and uh, many casual fans are going to watch. But you do have a more captive audience on Sunday night than you do on Saturday night because people are inclined to do things on Saturday night. And if this was a problem that was fixable by the NFL and they could have made more money on Saturdays, they've done 58 of these now. I'm guessing that they have pretty good data to tell them that this is working pretty well. And I would guess 202 million people watching at one time is pretty good evidence to them that Sunday's working. What do you think about putting it on more platforms? So you have over-the-air television, but then you put it on all your streaming sites. Mm -hmm. You put it everywhere and try to figure out the rating that you get on that because some people just, uh, they, they stream everything. You know, and yeah. I know you can get your main stages on, uh, stations on streaming, but put it everywhere. Had to do it. And it's, it was available the other night on CBSSports.com. Obviously, Paramount Plus, you could watch it pretty much anywhere. They had uh, the, the for the kids, they Nickelodeon. had the Nickelodeon feed, they had the Univision feed. So it pretty much was available wherever on you went. Every CBS platform that was available. And it was the 121, 123, right? 123 yeah, million. On average, yeah. That was across all those platforms. Correct. Now, right. the Super Bowl party I was at, we watched on Paramount Plus, and it worked really well. But there was a couple of times that because of streaming, it did cut in and out mm-hmm. a little bit or it, lagged a little bit. That did not happen on Spectrum. I wonder if uh, you went to the ratings of different countries where they're going. So they're playing in oh. different places. Has it truly made an impact where those places see a football game and then all of a sudden... The ratings go up in the, in London, let's say. Danny, I think that's a really interesting question. I have to believe in London they're way up. But last week they announced that they're going to play games in Brazil and exactly. in Madrid, Spain. So was the interest of those countries peaked at just a little bit so that they could get viewers there? And again, they'll sell advertising in those countries and they'll clean up. So London, I would anticipate because they've been there a bunch, that they've gotten their sports fans that got involved in football and they may tune in. Let's just say they went to one game and didn't pay attention to anything else in the regular season, but then they will pay attention to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I do think that's a fair assessment of probably what's happening. I agree. ESPN.com has their way too early college football top 25 rankings. They have Georgia number one, which surprises me. I figured Ohio State would be number one. Ohio State right now is number two. Oregon is third. Texas is four. Notre Dame 5, 
Ole Miss six, and your Missouri Tigers mm-hmm. are number seven in the Ooh. way too early preseason top 25 poll at ESPN. Mizzou seven, Penn State eight, Alabama nine, Utah 10. Not surprised whatsoever, especially with what they were able to do last season. And it's only going to get better from here. You're returning Luther Burton. You're returning Brady Cook. Of course, you lose Cody Schrader and some other guys on the defensive side of the ball. But still, the way that Eli Drinkwitz has been able to utilize recruiting, NIL, and the transfer portal, I'm not surprised that that's where they're at right now. I have friends of mine that are Missouri fans and graduates of the school and they say they can't. They wish it was tomorrow. They wish the season was tomorrow. They're so excited about what Mizzou is bringing back, and minus Cody Schrader, but then they pick up one of the top running backs in the in the country. I gotta wonder how Eli is able to to navigate right right now, recruiting and NIL and the transfer portal. How his stock has risen dramatically because of the season they just had. And let's say they have a really good year next year, and by all accounts, that they will what Missouri is going to have to do to try to keep him. It'll be it'll be more difficult, although he is among the top 10 highest paid coaches in America now. Yep. I think now he's actually with Kalen DeBoer mm-hmm. going to Alabama. I think he's among the top nine. And I was asking, I was with Howard Richards and Mike Kelly last night and asked how Eli likes doing the CEO thing because Chip Kelly, obviously, he didn't want to do the CEO thing. He wanted to coach. And they said that Eli is really enjoying being the, the CEO and overseeing everybody and his core job is recruiting, which he loves. So I think it'll be hard for other schools to replicate what he has at Missouri. And one of the big things he has, fortunately for him, is Curtis Gregory in the Missouri State Legislature Mm -hmm. ready and willing and waiting to write new legislation to help him. I think that that's a huge part of it. And then, by the way, you have that $62 million commitment, Mm -hmm. investment from that anonymous donor. Randy, you're so generous for you to do that. I I just want to see them win. Uh, Yes. And I know that that doesn't directly go to him, but Another reason why it helps is because then you have the upgrades to the facilities, which is another thing that could keep Eli Drinkwitz around because he is really at the forefront of building something huge there at Mizzou. No doubt. I mean, how many coaches nowadays say, I really enjoy recruiting. This is a lot of fun re-recruiting my guys to make sure they don't go somewhere. Um, Oh, I'm recruiting somewhere else like Ohio State, Mm -hmm. getting their players or whatever school you want to throw out there. I just don't hear guys saying this is a lot of fun yeah. ever since the transfer portal opened up. When you, Whenever you run into Eli Drinkwitz, he's got his head down at that phone. Yeah. He's always mm-hmm. talking to, to somebody. And Luther Burden, you know, when he got him, that was such a game changer yeah. for what they did, trying to make sure and keep local talent in St. Louis. And they're going to get a guy that's going to be one of the top picks in the NFL draft next year. Maybe the number one pick overall. You think he could go that high? I, Pro Football Focus had him as in their mock for 2025 as the number one overall pick. Wow. Wow. So one other quick note about this top 25, 10 SEC teams in the top <laughs> 25. Georgia, and they're number one. Texas is number four. Ole Miss, six. Mizzou, seven. Alabama, nine. And then uh, you move down to LSU, number 12. You've got Oklahoma, number 14. You've got Tennessee, 16. You've got... Uh, uh, can, uh, Kentucky 23rd and Texas A&M 25th. 10 of the top 25 from the SEC. Ooh. Pretty tough conference. Yeah, it'll be really tough. But it just means more. Missouri's <laughs> conference schedule lines up for them this year. It mm-hmm. does. Alabama will be the probably the toughest mm-hmm. as you look at it, 
But, man, they've got a chance to run the table they and do, do some things here. Yeah, it's they amazing. Do. It's set up for them perfectly. Now, I'm looking forward to that Alabama game because of all the changes, but what's another game that you guys are looking forward to on the schedule? Because for me, it's Oklahoma. Because yeah, it seems be like there's a little bit of a rivalry going on. I'd go with the opener. And I know they're not playing, you know, the pro- who is the opener this is it year? BC? Is that the BC game? Yeah, I think it is BC. I, I know that there are better... To your point, Brooke, there are better matchups, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Oklahoma, Alabama, when you get into conference schedule, the SEC, I just can't wait to see them back on the field. That'll be the most anticipated game for me, just to see them back, see what they got. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm going to call the Big Ten teams four, uh, not nearly as many. It, it's ridiculous that uh, the, the SEC has, has ten, and uh, the Big Ten only has uh, four. So the SEC is still going to be dominant, at least before the season starts. Somewhere, there was your rush hour reset. I was, sorry to interrupt. I was going to say somewhere CD is so mad about that. Oh, it just means more. <laughs> Man, what does it say about Chip Kelly, UCLA head coach, living in L.A. and says, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. Yep. I mean, it's, it's a rat race, man. Well, and... Ohio State went all in when they lost to Missouri. Yes, they, they did. And, they, they bought that safety from Alabama. They went and got a quarterback. They, they they were, by many accounts, the number one team in the transfer portal. Spent a lot of money there. Rebuilt their coaching staff. Bill O'Brien's there. He leaves, a former NFL head coach. And they get Chip Kelly from UCLA. They're all in. A lot of pressure on Ryan Day, but there should be no way they can lose. Got to beat Michigan. Mm-hmm. Right. Got to be Michigan. And Michigan loses not only Harbaugh, but they lose their quarterback in McCarthy. They lose Blake Corum. They lose a couple of offensive linemen. It's going to be tough, but Sharon Moore did a great year last, had a great year last year. They're ranked number 12, by the way. Michigan's ranked number 12 in the preseason poll. Randy wants to go to break so quickly because his sandwich is sitting there and he wants to devour it. <laughs> the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, they have a ton of free agents this offseason. A lot of free agents in Kansas City getting ready to leave. Is there a way... For another team in the National Football League to derail the aforementioned Super Bowl 58 champion Kansas City Chiefs. They've won three out of four Super Bowls. Is there a way for another team to derail the Kansas City Chiefs as long as they have their quarterback? A guy they traded up to number 10 to get (laughs) a few years ago. Played six years as a starter, seven in the league. Remember, they gave him a year to develop under Alex Smith. But as long as uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs, who play at GEHA Stadium just outside of Kansas City, is there a way for somebody to beat the Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, who's, by the way, now the best coach in the history of the NFL, led Kansas City Chiefs? I don't think you want your chicken biscuit. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take it did. off your hands. You, you, take, you, see, you, you see what you did? <laughs> you see what you did? I see. I, I see what he's doing. I just stay out of the fray. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One of the reasons that the National Football League has so much parity on a regular, semi-regular basis is they have the salary cap to prevent teams from keeping all of their good players, and they have the draft to allow the lesser teams, theoretically, to get good players that are inexpensive. But it's not working lately because the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. Now, they're probably going to lose 
some really good players because of the salary cap this offseason. Chris Jones is a UFA. He's their best defensive player. Legereus Sneed might be their second best defensive player, and he is a free agent. Willie Gay, their left tackle, Donovan Smith. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be allowed to walk. Jarek McKinnon, Drew Tranquil, Mike Edwards, Mecole Hardman. That being said, with the way they draft, and every year they start with a bunch of guys you've never heard of being good players for them, because they have number 15, is there a way to derail this train? I don't know how you can at this point. I thought that this was the year that if you were going to knock off the Chiefs, that this could have been the year. We, ha- we have those continuing narratives of what will this offense look like without Tyreek Hill? What will this offense look like without this or that? Patrick Mahomes continues to find a way to rise above it, and so does Andy Reid. This just felt like the year that you could have knocked them out, but... At the same time, I don't know how you can slow them down after seeing everything that they were able to do this season. And once again, it goes back to Patrick Mahomes, but it goes back to Spags and what he's been able to do with this defense. One player, one Jones from the first Super Bowl appearance that they had with this group, and then no thousand yard rusher, no thousand yard receiver, and they find a way. And I, I look at Mahomes when he first got into the league, more of a gunslinger, and not to say mm-hmm. that he's not now. He's a smarter player. He is. Yes. He's a smarter player, so why would you bet against Patrick Mahomes and what he could do with any cast of characters that he gets? The only thing that will de- derail this team with Patrick Mahomes is when Kelsey retires, but he's coming back next year. But Kelsey, they, they showed last year when they didn't have Tyreek Hill anymore but still won the Super Bowl, that they can win games. And now we see Rasheed Rice rising to a level where he may be able to match what Tyreek Hill did. And they've got other young receivers. They probably won't bring Kadarius Toney back, but they still think that Sky Moore has some ability. I don't know if he'll be that guy, but they'll draft somebody in the second round. And they essentially, aside from... Those two key guys, Jones and Sneed, bring back the same group. I think they have to sign Chris Jones. That could derail them because, let's be honest about it, the defense is what won for them this year. That's why they were in the playoffs in the first place because the offense, to an extent, struggled this year. But they draft so well. I, I'm with you guys. I don't think that they're going to be knocked off anytime soon. I'm a big fan of Legereus Sneed as well. I think that him and Trent McDuffie are just one of the best one-two combinations of all of the CBs in the league currently. I would like to find a way to keep Legereus Sneed, but I also agree with you and Chris Jones. Chris Jones, to me, has got to come back. I, I think you, you posed the questions with the ton of free agents. Is there a way to derail them as long as they have Mahomes? The other part about Mahomes is restructuring his deal to keep players yes. there. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about a salary cap league. He's got a massive contract. It looks favorable for the Chiefs now. Mm-hmm. But still, he's going to have to restructure that so that they keep, can keep some of the players around him. But, you know, I think you look at some of the things that would have gone against Mahomes, can't win on the road in the playoffs, and they go out and knock off these teams and went th- through three teams starting at home with Miami. No Tyreek Hill. That was, I think, a shot against him. Or you could have made it a shot like you had Tyreek. So can you win with lesser players? And the answer is yes. So why would you think that this guy couldn't come back out and repeat? Right. Now, here's the one thing, and maybe not next year, but over the next couple of years, and maybe next year, the one thing that could really derail Kansas City is the way Jim Harbaugh has his teams play football. Because they are going to pound you into submission. And... 
they're going to win the line of scrimmage. And that's what was happening the other night until the fourth quarter as San Francisco was winning the line of scrimmage. That's the way Jim Harbaugh builds his teams. And if you can build smash mouth and keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands and get after Mahomes with your defensive line like Harbaugh did when he was with the 49ers, that's how you can derail the Chiefs. That might be the one team that ultimately does at least have a chance to derail Kansas City is the Chargers. And it's because of Jim Harbaugh and what he's able to do. But also Justin Herbert, he's a quarterback that I feel like deserves a lot more credit than he's gotten because his defenses have just really failed him over the years. But he is a really good quarterback. So I'm interested to see what Jim Harbaugh is able to do and what kind of players he'll bring in. Now, with the Chiefs, they enter this offseason with $24.1 million in cap space. So they will have some critical decisions to make. That is something that could possibly hamper them. But to your point that you were talking about, the way that they were able to find Rasheed Rice, this is going to be a draft that is very talent-heavy in wide receivers. The other part about the Chargers, they have the 5th and the 30, uh, 37th overall pick. Now they have $35 million that they need to cut to be compliant with the cap. They can do that. But having those high draft choices and Justin Herbert dealing with, man, it'll be his fourth coordinator, I believe, in five mm-hmm. years to get some kind of stability for the next couple of years, which he will have under Jim Harbaugh, you would only think that that helps him. Just having consistency with a coach and running that offense. And they can ease in. I mean, J.J. Yeah. McCarthy played a game this year against Penn State where he didn't throw the ball in the second half. I believe McCarthy threw the ball in the Big Ten against a really good defense. I think he only threw the ball seven times the whole game. Yeah, And that's the way I would think Herbert will get started. He won't be thrilled not throwing the ball an awful lot, but they are going to, uh, I, I guarantee you, the, the Chiefs are going to, or the Chargers are going to pound you. By the way, uh, they, they have their left tackle already. Mm-hmm. In uh, It's Rashawn Slater, right? Uh, is there le- yes. yeah, Slater yes. is, is their left tackle. Uh, Lindsley at center, he needs to be healthy for them. Uh, they, they've got some really nice players up front. Harbaugh will add to that, and then they took the million-dollar-a-year strength coach from Michigan, who will beef their guys up even more. I found this Justin Herbert stat the other day that I thought was uh, very interesting and alarming and making me feel really bad for him. Justin Herbert's offenses have averaged 24.4 points per game, which are the second most points per game averaged by a quarterback with a losing record since 1950. Mm. Does it say who number one is? Mm, it I wonder who it is. Not. That's a pretty good stat. That's a really good stat. So anyway, there are, there are teams out there, and there are ways to derail the Chiefs, but wouldn't bet against them. No. Not the way things are going. And they're still hungry, and that line that Patrick Mahomes uttered, it would be legendary to win three in a row. He's finding a way, like the greats, like the Jordans, like the Tigers, he's finding carrots to allow him to stay motivated. I posed the question to you guys uh, last week. If you had one game to win this is prior to this year's Super Bowl, would you want Montana, would you want Brady, some of these other great QBs? I'm going Patrick Mahomes. I am too. I am. I can have a compromised offensive line. I can have a lesser receiving core. I can have virtually no running game, and I can still win the game because I got him on my you side. You got number 15. And he's just 28 years old, so just yeah. think about everything that we're going to see with him in the future. Amazing. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Uh, number one. Is it contrived? And number two, do you need some advice? Brooke has Valentine's Day advice for you guys. Next. I think you need to add in Uncle Randy on this, too. Uncle Randy's tomorrow morning. But I'll, I'll, I'll add one thing, okay? I will next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Okay, tomorrow is February 14th. It's Valentine's. 
Looking forward to that. And Valentine's. Happy Valentine's. Happy Valentine's. Yeah. Uh, so, to all um, who celebrate. Yeah. It's uh, well. It's it's just a, a great time to celebrate. Number one, I think there's a lot of bitterness around Valentine's. I'm. Uh, it's really Valentine's Day, but uh, I'm not one that uh, You're looks bitter. At, I'm not bitter. No, there. Oh, okay. I'm not one. But there are a lot of people out there. Dan, you had a text just a moment ago uh, <laughs> yeah. about Valentine's Day that sounded like kind of bitter. Six three six says Valentine's Day for us divorced single guys. It's like getting a pay raise. <laughs> oh. See, now that's that that uh, to me indicates a level of bitterness. Yeah, I would say so. So I, I'm not bitter. You just have to make it worthwhile. That's all. That's what it is. Are, are you trying to fire something up over there, oh, Randy? Yeah. We'll, we'll get something here for you. So let me, while you do that, give the uh, top five Valentine's gifts for your loved one. Okay, Two good. dozen romantic red roses. <laughs> there I <laughs> You can continue, Dan. You'd say it oh, over no. this. I'll just let it go. That's what I... You have a framed custom wedding song with the lyrics on the print. Valentine's Day gifts with the uh, heart necklace. Ooh. A bracelet with a uh, your significant other significant other's name on it. <laughs> a uh, I love you to the moon pendant. Oh, there you go. And back. Valentine's Day heart necklace, which we mentioned, and... Uh, Lavender Spa gift basket. Mm, there you go. That's the play right Lavender there. Spa Lavender Spa gift spa, basket. Yeah. That's like very specific. Yeah. Okay. Lavender so, Spa gift basket. Brooke, you have the uh, the female perspective of this group because we think we do it right, but we like Jim Moore would say, "You think you know, but you don't know, and you will never know." Well, you can allow us to know. So, from a female perspective, what is your expectation on Valentine's? I can only truly speak for myself. I can't speak for all the women, but... Speak for the gender. Go ahead. I (laughs) think... Just to speak for the entire gender. I think the biggest thing is just knowing what your partner likes. And I do believe that you can do a little bit of a Valentine's Day gift where it's something for both of you guys, like a dinner for both of you guys. You Maybe you stay in and you cook. Flowers are nice. I think flowers are very nice. Maybe look up, if you're very lost, you could look up the love languages that people like so Mm. there's the love languages words of affirmation happy valentine's day i'm smart enough and doggone quality time physical touch acts of service receiving gifts and there's a way here if you give a gift that you also knocked out the act of service and the receiving gift thing or giving gifts. the receiving gift is always great what do you think uncle randy (laughs) would do in this particular spot because i know it's ask uncle randy tomorrow tomorrow's ask uncle randy but but that's uh, valentine's day this is valentine's day eve here's the thing you don't have to reinvent the wheel now you have made a mistake if you think you're getting a restaurant reservation for tomorrow. Too All late. Right. Too late, because every restaurant is going to be jam-packed. So that's too late. But are you done? No. Go to Schnooks, whatever her favorite meal might be, buy the ingredients, and prepare it for her. Or do carry-out from her favorite restaurant and bring that home. But when I say you don't have to reinvent the wheel, walk into Schnooks. You're going to see a million flowers and a million boxes of chocolates and just play it straight. You can do that. And if there is a piece of jewelry that she likes, pick it up and uh, you you will make her happy. How expensive does said jewelry need to be? 
It depends on your wherewithal to purchase okay. the jewelry. You That's can, fair. Yeah, you, you can uh, you can go to decor and get something on a budget. They're they're very very amenable to working with you on a budget. So if you head on over there today, they would help you out. Our friends at friends at Diamonds Direct over here are great uh, in terms of providing you what you need, and they'll answer your question. So uh, if you want to do the jewelry thing, it's great. If you want to do a lottery ticket, a scratch off, that's great too. If you, you know, did not get your gift, Brooke, would you be pissed? Uh, no, not necessarily because I'm not expecting a gift. Mm-hmm. I think that flowers oh, you are, are nice. Too. Mm-hmm. I think flowers are nice. Flowers mm-hmm. are nice. Maybe a dinner or something. But you're right. Sometimes I don't like the hassle of dealing with a restaurant, mm-hmm. even so on Valentine's Day, because it's just a mess. There's a yeah. lot of different stuff going on. But I think just at least showing, you know, that you care in any sort of way. It doesn't have to be big, but just that's why I like acts of service is one of my favorite mm-hmm. love, love languages of Okay, I'm recognizing you in this moment, which you should be doing every day. Charles pointed that out on the YouTube chat. It doesn't have to just be one day. But on this day, because everybody's celebrating it, you should just do something that recognizes them and shows that I care, I see you, I hear you, and here's a nice little gift like flowers or chocolates. Yeah, it it is more important to give than to receive. There's no doubt about it. But don't... Look at this gentleman, ask Uncle Randy tip here, as transactional. Don't you say, okay, that's worth the 15 seconds, Rick Patino. but um, <laughs> try to give more than you would receive. I'm looking forward to what Josh Ennis has to say about Valentine's Day. Oh, he's coming yeah. up in about uh, 20 minutes. Yeah, and I, he's he'll listening. He'll have an interesting so, uh, take. Yeah, I'm sure that he'll have <laughs> some great information for us on, on Valentine's. I enjoy listening to him. He comes in, he's firing hot takes. All the time. But uh, what he's going to do for Valentine's Day, if he has that significant other, will be interesting. Yeah. And we get off the air at 9.50. That's our Valentine's (laughs) Day gift to ourselves. Oh, that works. uh, Matthew just said, no, we can't do that. Uh, 56.50. 55.50, maybe. One other question here. We have a couple of minutes, and we would like your texts. Is Valentine's Day, as it's presently constituted, a big gift holiday, and- Hallmark maybe started it as this big gift holiday. Is it is it contrived and should people dislike it because of what it is? I don't dislike it. I think holidays that make people happy, anything that makes people happy is a good thing. So if somebody's benefiting financially off of it, Hallmark, flower companies, whatever, I'm fine with that. Is anybody bothered by the idea of, of Valentine's Day? When I was a kid, you just brought, it was Valentine's cards and that was it. Now it's a different animal altogether. Anybody bothered by what it is now? No. No. I'm not. No, do something nice for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. The 217 says, my wife's best gift is cleaning up for her. So apparently she is the one that cleans it up. Yeah. Yeah. Active service, as you said, Randall. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. And, And the women that are listening, there are acts of service that you can provide as well. So just uh, make it a happy Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? I have no idea, Dan. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, we, we put a lot of thought into Walgreens this. Walgreens is going to be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Walgreens. The cards. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now you go to Schnooks, and they have, as you always, and we always talk about Schnooks on the show. You can go to the florist department there. It's beautiful. I was at Depair the other day, and that's I'm going there today. As a matter of fact, very nice. They, they have it going at over at Schnooks. So you'll you'll be a part of the guys who are just scrambling, last minute grabbing stuff. I did no. see some of that this weekend over at Target yeah. and the, that that card aisle. Brooke, you'll be happy to know that this was already my plan. I'm not <laughs> scrambling. This was just the plan, the way it was set up. So, yeah, good thing. 
All right, so there you have it. Happy Valentine's. So oh, here we can do this. There you go. You'll hear that tomorrow here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we got a little edition of Rock and Roll as we head down the stretch towards a balloon party with Josh Ennis. Yes, Matthew? We got some tickets to give away. Oh, tickets to give away. And we're giving away tickets to Luke, Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan tickets coming Luke up. Luke Bryan. Yep, here on Country 101. <laughs> You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Before we get to rock and roll, we've got some Luke Bryan tickets to give away here on the opening drive. They're also giving away tickets on BKM Ferrario. And uh, here's what you need to do. You need to text us with the answer to a question. And that text number is 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO! That's your chance to win free tickets to the show now. A pair of lawn tickets to see Luke Bryan July 28th at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Now you can also find a bonus chance to register to win tickets to Luke Bryan at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. But right now, right this minute, we have your opportunity to win tickets to Luke Bryan. Well, Randy, I thought of another grab bag giveaway topic, and Danny, Dan McLaughlin is so nice, and he's decided that he is oh, going boy. to play. Oh, and so no. here's what we're going to do here. There have been 65 instances of a player having a 30 home run 30 stolen base season uh-huh. those 65 instances have been performed by 40 different players so the question is in 30 mm. seconds how many different 45 players different guys have done this four, how about four, that? 40 different guys across oh. the 65 total instances okay. of it happening so the question is is how many of those 40 players can danny mack list in 30 seconds how many players with a 30 30 season on their resume can danny mack list in 30 seconds and whoever gets closest to the number that danny lists We'll be in those tickets. So text in 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO, with the number that you think Dan will hit for the number of players that have had 30 homers and 30 steals in one season. All right, 30 Danny seconds. Mm. Is that nerve-wracking? It's 30, 30, 30. I, I'm as nervous as I've ever been. <laughs> mm. All right, Danny Mack. It's just like being on the fight. Am I allowed to help? Yes, of course you're allowed to help. Okay. I'm always okay with okay. you guys just throwing little chips okay. here and there. All Danny right. Mac never helps you on the fight, but you can help him in this game. Because- I tried to help him today. I thought he won. <laughs> That's true. You yeah, did. tried to hand me you a victory. You're right. Yeah. You're in, you're in, you can help him as much as you want. They All can right. see what happened Let's earlier. All right, 30 to be seconds. fair, I thought it was three as well. So you're yeah. not alone in that. See? Thank you, guys. See, it's, it's, everything's threes and thirties. I didn't know <laughs> that you were counting T.O. as two. Two. Yeah. That's why I, I thought it was number oh, two. me every T.O. time. Yeah. All right. 30-30 seasons in 30 seconds. Three, two, one, go. Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Barry and Bobby Bonds, Eric Davis did it. I believe Strawberry did it. Uh, Sammy Sosa, Larry Walker. I remember Alfonso Soriano killing the Cardinals. He did it. Carlos Beltran did it. Uh, Canseco. Canseco's another one. That was an easy one. Goldie. Um, Goldie. Ryan Braun did it. Ronald Acuna Jr. Mookie Betts. Uh, recently, uh, Bobby Witt. Count I'm me counting out. that one. I'm yeah, that counting counts. that one. This was well done. You almost got all half of the 40 different players. You got 16 different wow. players who have had 30-30 seasons. Not I think it's sing- more we did. Randy gave me a couple you there. Got, you got Consego, <laughs> but you didn't answer a single one incorrectly. So 16 is the winning guest for Dan McLaughlin in 30-30 seasons in MLB history. Nicely done, Danny. Thank Mack. you very yes. much. Thank you.
You did it so smoothly. Was too, Ryan you were about it. Did Ron Gand ever do 30-30? Ron Gand is another did. one. Ron yeah, I remember that. He yep. did it with uh, the Atlanta. Reds. Okay. And I like to throw this out just because it's fun. Carlos Beltran. Or the Braves, um, rather. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's, yeah. that's impressive. Carlos Beltran, the only one to do it in uh, both leagues. Yep. Hmm. In, in his career, that is, of course. Um, some news in rock and roll that just kind of uh, hit a little bit earlier. Both Derek Gould and uh, Jeff Jones have tweeted out the new white practice jerseys for the Cardinals down in spring training. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the reviews are in from the players, and uh, it's bad, ladies and gentlemen. Miles oh. Michaelis says it doesn't fit right, the pants are no longer customized, and the fabric is very different consistency. Another yeah, player said, quote-unquote, they look cheap. Uh, Derek Gould also said that the red shade appears to be a little different. Some of the stitchings on the back is is a little off. Again, both Jeff Jones and Derek Gould have tweeted about it. I kind of agree with uh, the things I'm seeing. It looks, it's missing something. I, and, I, and, I, and I'm not happy with it. it. It does look. So I'm looking at it right now on X. You mentioned Derek Gould. I'm looking at his tweet about it. It it definitely looks different. Now, this is Fanatics, correct? Yes. Is that why? Fanatics has always I had. I think it's got to be. That's the reason why. Some controversy around it. Nike that said that they had to be limited to how many jerseys they could have. Well, that, that yeah, we talked about that a, a few weeks ago. That was the MLB rule that you can't mm-hmm. have more than five or something more like that. More than four, right. More than four. So they added another one. So they got to get rid of the all reds. So I guess these are just the spring training versions of the whites. Which is preposterous. Why not just use the whole, I don't. Use the regular season ones. I mean, why do people get so interested? I mean, it must be a slow day at camp when you're worried well, about the uh, jerseys. But if the players are worried about the way they feel and fit, you know, you want, these are these are multi play good, Randy. That's that's what it's all about, right? I think they're going to play fine, whether or not they were in cutoff sleeves. Well, they they better not do cutoff sleeves. I would I would throw a fit if they did cutoff sleeves. I Dan. wouldn't. I would. Really? I want the old. Cutoffs with the uh, undershirt underneath, piping along the front, <laughs> piping along the side, and black go. shoes. Okay. Yeah. I feel like go. you should switch it up every once in a while. But is there yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with that? You don't want your players thinking or saying that your jerseys seem cheap. You don't want your players to have to pay for Wi-Fi on a plane. Uh, you know, you, you just want to take care of your your people. Also, this is the entire this is this is the entire B story of a of a very good Seinfeld episode, Danny. You don't want it. You can't have your players out there in 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 jerseys they don't like. That's I'm fine point. with it. It's an entire it's an entire episode. He, wool. He, they're in yeah. wool, and then he puts them in. What does he put them in all cotton, and then mm-hmm. it goes terribly wrong on the field. Yeah. Bring back the it's wool. Important. You see, does something look different or off to you guys? It does. It looks like it's uh, the name's a little lower. Uh, the the stitching, numbers are closer, yeah. right? Yeah, the stitching's a little different. Um, I'm over it though. Rally. It's. I'm totally over it. Butter rally house. It's it's for one month of the of the it's the first week of the season. Yeah, maybe they can fix it. <laughs> they, um, they've got the best equipment guys in the business down there. Yes, they do. They, they will uh, take care of this problem. Also, uh, I, I thought this was great. Did you guys see any of the any of the videos from the waste management open over the weekend? Yes. 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 <laughs> well, Randy. Some people at the PGA apparently didn't think so because they're now talking about making a lot of changes um, because of what happened. Obviously, they had to suspend alcohol sales because things were getting too out of hand, which then caused a, as it usually does, an even bigger problem because then people get mad that there's no more alcohol sales. Um, I guess at this point, it has reached a point where despite the fanfare, this is a bad thing for golf. It's gotten just too too rough. They had a snow guy doing a snow angel in one of the bunkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably it's can't do that. Getting too close to the live tour, huh? Oh. Getting close to home. I saw a, a something the other day that said like pickleball out was had better viewership than live, and you had oh going my. down the stretch, you had Dustin Johnson, mm-hmm. you had like some of the big names of live. DeChambeau was in there, yeah. 
and uh, their ratings are just horrible right now. Really? You said horrible. you've watched it before. I haven't watched it yet. Is I that have. because I, I don't I honestly do not know where you can watch it at? WB. Okay. Channel 11. CW. Okay. Or the CW. WB. Yeah. That's same all thing, you need same to know. Thing. Yeah. Whatever. Channel but, 11. I know yeah. what you're talking about. So, yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Here's so. the thing. It's, it's kind of hard to follow with the team stuff. Right. But the, the problem is that that's where all the stars are. I think Liv has hurt both. It's hurt. Nobody's watching Liv, but the leaderboard at Waste Management was really bad. I agree. Nobody, There was nobody that you are attached to. And really, for the last month or so, there hasn't been any, maybe for the whole season so far, there really hasn't been anybody that you're attached to where you, you look at the leaderboard and say, oh, I want to watch this person play. I watch Channel 11 mm-hmm. just because I, I do want to see DeChambeau. I mm-hmm. miss seeing DJ. I love watching Phil Mickelson, even though he helped tear this whole thing up. Mm-hmm. I want to see the big guys play. Yeah, I, I know I'm in the minority because most people don't know where to find it. Like Brooke. That's what I was saying. Yeah. I, I really, it's yeah. like I forget that, that it's happening sometimes. I would watch it to see those guys, but this is why I was kind of hoping for more of a unification where you would eventually have some sort of merger between all these because I want to see all those guys I back think on the tour. Right now, if they would play it on straight, a, like uh-huh. the PGA Tour, play four rounds and not have the music and not have the teams with the, the golfers they have, I think that they would probably outdraw the, the tour and promote it that way. It's weird watching guys in shorts. Yeah, that, I mean, I know that that sounds stupid, but it's weird seeing that. And the music is blaring. Yeah, it is loud. And John Rahm was upset in his, what, first event. He's going to have to get over it. He's signed for $500 million, <laughs> yeah. so deal with the music. But, yeah, some yeah. of that is uh, the non-traditional stuff people don't like. Yep. And one final thing, the Flash now official from Secaucus, New Jersey. Retired St. Louis Cardinals all-star pitcher Adam Wainwright has joined the MLB Network as an on-air analyst. Wainwright will make his debut on opening day, March 28th. The network's at Tuesday, and he will work the Cardinals game against San Francisco at Rickwood Field in Birmingham, Alabama on June 20th. Oh, good deal. Wow. Good. Well, good to see Adam there i know that mlb network was working hard on that so i'm glad they got him great job today by a producer audio video engineer the one the only matthew rocchio thank you sir pleasure uh brooke did you have fun today yes and i had chick-fil-a this is a great day it's a good day already what's your face we want to see your face who said that you want to see my face Danny Mac, try, thanks for trying to give me the fight. I no problem, it. buddy. I'm a, I, your best interests are my best interests. Oh, I appreciate that. You got uh, it. That's Danny Mac. I'm Randy. Thank you very much for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Josh Innes has the balloon party in for T-Mac coming up. And then you've got BK and Ferrario in the fast lane for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great Valentine's Eve, everyone. And now for something completely different. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.